0: previously on Parfix Weekly. And welcome back to Parfix Weekly. This is Ryan.
1: I'm Jen. I'm Lady Chi. And I'm Jen's mom. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. We would never ever say, Snape scathed. We would say, Snape said scathingly. 640,000
2: years ago, that third of America blew up. Boys and I just- girls,
0: <laughs> there's a thing called erectile dysfunction. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, but there's also a thing called Petrificus Totalis. So- Perfect weekly. Not only entertaining, but educational as well. <laughs> do you own a pig?
3: No, but I do have a goat. Really? We don't have a lawnmower. What's
1: the
0: goat's name? <laughs> Bernard.
1: Oh my god, I'm not gonna lie, I have to I have no idea what's going on. Somebody explain to me what just happened. <laughs>
0: have you been here the whole time?
1: I've been here the whole time, but I can't remember what was just said.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Poor Bernard was struck and killed by a bolt of lightning.
1: Okay, you guys are the ones who obviously laugh during people's funerals. I wore a really big hat.
2: And I run after my car.
0: (laughs) I've just finished taking a test on what's your seduction style. I
2: have got to take that test.
0: I don't know what that noise was that came out of Gambin's mouth. Well, I think it caused some women in the audience to become infertile.
2: Oh, I love the social
3: intercourse so varied. It gets me so excited for the guy I married. This is like
0: the Manhattan Project.
3: Superman is Moses. Honestly, don't you people
1: read? Okay, the two Superman people. is not Moses. Moses is dependent on Aaron. See, Batman depends on Robin. If you're going to Moses the guy that was lost like in the Moses. desert for like 40 years. That just okay. inspire confidence <laughs> right. in
0: crime-fighting ability.
1: There's like auditoriums with movies that you can go in and sit and watch. Not while on the toilet. There's no
0: way we have wank. We don't care enough about the fans to have wank. We'll take offense to this, guys. You guys are the most dysfunctional of the people.
1: These are really stupid people. Like, I have a lot to learn from these people.
0: And
4: now, Potterfuck Weekly. Yo, Ron, the next time you Jealous of me Cause I'm so famous And awesome at Quidditch Just remember that time That we took you to Slughorn's office And you nearly drank yourself to death But I say
1: Okay, everybody. Here is the deal: the four one one, the the whatever. Um, Jen is mad at her father because he scheduled some events for her tonight on Thursdays. Ha 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 ha! You're so funny, Ryan. Um, and Ryan has his super grumpy pants on.
4: Apparently, for those yes. of you
1: who don't know, um, usually Huggles is Huggles. He's he's pretty. You know, laid back and let's all hug each other and smoke a peace pipe and it'll all be fine. But he's had kind of a rough day. <laughs> so he's taking a mental health day and I'm I in charge. We're all
5: entitled, yeah.
1: Yes, yes. So all right. now that we're all good and the huggles is very upset.
5: Yes, we can see
4: that. Okay.
1: <laughs> Somebody disturbed his Hufflepuffian sensibilities. And so he will not be with us tonight. And I can hear myself, the echo of myself, on on somebody's computer. Hold on. Ryan, shut up. Um,
4: (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's looking (laughs) at
5: him. Yes, we're aware of that. Thank you. Okay.
1: Tell (laughs) us something we don't
5: know. Sentences,
1: apparently. Okay. I'm not hearing myself anymore. So, um, yeah. Wait, hold on. I just heard myself. Shut up! You're not even
5: here. No, 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 that's me breathing. That's me. That's not (laughs) she.
6: Huggles
5: (laughs) is very upset. Do you think Huggles is upset? Is that what what we're going to name the episode? Is Huggles is very upset, yes. Yes. Okay, is the breathing
1: better now, Ryan? The microphone (laughs) is up further. Try to write in short declarative sentences. I sound wonderful. I love you, too. Really, I do. I have a great deal of brotherly sisterly whatever love for you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's typing, yes, I do have brotherly love for you. Shut up, I'm gender confused. <laughs>
4: <Okay>. <laughs> um, oh, is that what that is?
1: Yeah, that's what they tell me in my uh, human development classes when they try to explain the, um, the thingy My bother. Well, Ryan, if you're going to give scheduling notes, come on the f- call. I mean, sorry, I just dropped the other f- call. <laughs> <laughs> language dear language no. like it's not something I haven't done before we are no longer I... using the phrase child molester okay did we offend Birdie I Viridian? wasn't
5: planning to <laughs> it's why when did we when um, did we ever
1: in episode forty what is it forty two the one that I'm not there forty two oh, yeah
5: that one isn't out yet I haven't heard that yet I had well, to come I? I
1: had to come to Jesus meeting that that uh, thing just say bagel okay <laughs>
5: Just say bagel. Okay.
1: Just so we know, we're covering chapters 30 through 35 today. Um, And we're going to hit on.
4: Okay.
1: Sorry, I was was making sure that was the
4: end.
3: Because it's like when you said 35, it makes it sound like it's not the end. You should just say the end.
1: Oh. Yeah, 30 to the end. Um, And I think that the best strategery at this point would be for.
5: Strategery.
1: Wait, Ryan's, Ryan's typing. <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a word.
3: It's, it's a, a, a word it's in a America George... because our president said so.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a George Bush <laughs> <Okay. Bushism. laughs> Do I still have what left? No, I ate all the crumbs with the fork. What? Oh.
3: <laughs> I love cheese random interludes. I,
1: I'm not a whore because I finished the last of the brownies. <laughs> no, I'm a not. Whore?
3: See, I don't have anybody to
5: talk to. <laughs> Are sorry. You, are you my experiencing a multiple personality episode again?
1: Oh, hold on. Amanda wants to ask you guys a question. Hold on. Yes, dear. Amanda is my twin sister. Here you go, guys.
3: Okay, I have a question of semantics. Yes? If you eat the last brownie, does that automatically make you a whore? No. Why is that a question? Yes. How, or, or rather, it's how ex- is, ex- is ex- that a question ex- ex- of semantics? Because you got there There's first. There's a definition of a whore. The person who eats the last brownie.
5: Uh... We'd have to check Webster's on that, but... Yeah, I'm going
3: to look it up in the dictionary. <laughs> Please do. Okay, I'll give you back to Katie here. Thank you. I guess it could be because the third definition for whore is a venal or unscrupulous person. Okay. This, okay there you go. The
1: third definition for whore is a venal or unscrupulous person, so I could be a whore for eating brownies. hmm
4: uh-huh.
1: Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's my sister, everybody. Does anybody else, like, run, whenever Ryan talks to her, he's like, she calls you Katie, that's so weird, ha 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 And I'm like, yes, yeah, it's true that everybody in my life doesn't refer to me as Chi. Like, so, do you know? I, so do I, so I
5: occasionally.
1: <laughs> yes, he does refer to me. Okay, so, um, here's the plan, Stan, and by Stan, I mean everybody. Uh, let's go <laughs> ahead and, uh, post, like, things that you want to make sure that we cover. Because with me in charge, it's going to be, like, schizophrenic and crazy. And then once we do that, that um, we'll just get started, and I'll explain what's going on to the listeners, and I'll get to be Ryan. And I will try to to put as many um, references to Star Wars in, because I, I don't and have Star a lot of Star Trek I don't have enough Star Trek references for it to work. So That's all right. That's why I'm here for. <laughs>
5: oh, there
1: we go. There we go.
3: Oh my god, I almost forgot. I'm so upset that Jen is not here because I have to read her this passage from this book I have. It is so... It is about bears at Yellowstone eating people. Oh my god. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to read it anyway. There you just go. Just because it's so, it is so It is horrible. Okay day.
1: And welcome back to Potterfic Weekly, everybody. I'm Lady Chi.
5: I'm Itai. I'm
3: Keza. I'm PS. Yay! We made it through this time. We have a be- <laughs> that's because me and PS
6: we have practiced at this. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Practiced at it. This
3: is the one where we like try to introduce ourselves as everybody else. <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh, terrible. I remember uh, that, that one. Terrible. Yeah.
3: Yeah, <laughs>
1: this is an interesting podcast. This is basically P on Cast plus me. Jen is off taking pictures. And Ryan has has taken a mental health day. And I will say this for Ryan. We all love him very much at Plotterfic Weekly. He's, you know, our founder and our leader and a great many things. But what the man isn't is calm. <laughs> and um, he's having a little bit of a tick under his eye right now that won't stop pulsing. So we told Ryan to take a break. And I'm in charge, which will probably do not good things for his blood pressure. But we'll have fun. help us all. Yes, and we have a new guest host with us tonight. Keza P.S., this is Itai. And, Hi! Uh, <laughs> Hi,
5: guys.
1: Itai has been a longtime friend of the show. He's in constant contact with me and Ryan and Jen via email and Skype, and because of his physical limitations, he can't spend any time on the forum at all. But he's been a friend of the show for a long time, and we're so happy to finally have him with us. And I'm a um,
5: listener, yeah. Thank you.
1: Yes. He's been here since the beginning. Since episode much, one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's an institution that nobody knows about at Potter Fake Weekly. <laughs> Except for Brian and Jen and I <laughs> the
5: unknown institution.
1: Yes, the unknown institution. Itai, why don't you tell him a little bit about yourself other than what I've told you and, and we'll we'll go.
5: Oh yeah. dear God. Uh what to tell, what to tell. I have been a um, fan of Harry Potter for quite some time now. I'm also a um, self-declared lit geek. I have a master's in literature, and uh, that's sort of what got me into Harry Potter to begin with. And I came on to the forum originally because Julia wouldn't stop pestering me to do so. (laughs) <laughs> and I found, I found a real family on the forum, and you know I'm just sorry that my physical condition doesn't allow me to spend as much time on the forum as I'd like. But I'm very, very grateful that the family hasn't forgotten me, and uh, to be in constant contact with most of you in some way or another. So, yep. yeah,
1: sweet. Well, tonight we are covering the very last bit of. The Nightmares of Future's Past by Viridian. And we have a lot to talk about. We're going to get our discussion started by asking P.S. how she feels about Yellowstone and bears. Yes. So
5: <laughs> in, in, in tight, my, guys.
3: In my travels, I have come across a wonderful book. <laughs> and that book is called <laughs> The Darwin Awards. <laughs> and it details all the... Interesting ways in which people have met their demise or their near demise. Yes, and and,
1: and they unfortunately, give them up for people that uh, yes. that remove themselves very generously from the gene pool, don't they?
3: <laughs> That's yes. what the idea is supposed to be. <laughs> and I have one which did not is not an actual Darwin Award winner because the person did not die. But I thought, in honor of Jen, I would read the following selection.
5: Oh, they have to die in order to be a Darwin Award winner. Oh, yes. right. Yep. Oh, okay. Because
3: you have to remove yourself from the gene pool. That's right. The idea.
5: Ah, yes. Is it, Okay. Sorry.
3: One day, a ranger for the Yellowstone National Park Service joined a crowd of people, cars, trucks, and motorhomes that had congregated to watch a bear. One woman and her little boy stood out in the crowd. She was smearing something unidentifiable all over the boy's face. The ranger asked the woman what she was doing. She answered, Putting honey on him, of course. Stunned, he asked the obvious question why? So matter of factly, I want to take a picture of the bear licking it off his face.
4: <laughs>
3: Fortunately for the child, but perhaps unfortunately from an evolutionary standpoint, the ranger prevented the child from approaching the bear. <laughs> just that he has nightmares about it. This event just goes to show why some animals feel compelled to eat their own young in the wild.
5: Somebody <laughs> <The laughs> clearly scary. was not operating on all cylinders here, but okay.
3: Yeah. Uh,
1: so we read that in honor of Jen, who is not with us tonight. That sounds like something that. Yeah.
5: Yeah, I can envision even- Jen doing that.
1: I remember I was in uh, the Custer State Park in South Dakota, which is a sanctuary for free-range bison. Mm. And they have signs all over the park, you know, you can't, you're supposed to, like, not get out of your car <laughs> and approach the animals because, hello, they're wild. And we were following this van from New Jersey through the park, and they pulled over to this off the side of the road And, like, the bison were crossing the road, so you have to wait for the bison to cross the road because you can't hit them, you know, because they're endangered animals. And they got out of their car and were, like, taking pictures of the bison up close. It's like, oh, people are stupid. So, yeah.
3: We fed the burros from our car, (laughs) we fed them some Wheaties.
1: (laughs) Oh, not a good idea.
3: (laughs) When
6: I was seven, we were in England. And we went to this um, place, it's called Longleat, and it's got um, giraffes and lions and stuff there. And what you do is you get in your car and you drive around and you see them. Like one of the, I think it was Mountbatten, some like lord person had all these animals there and put them in his park and stuff. And then you pay the money and you drive your car through and you can do it. And they tell you not to stop the car because there's monkeys there and they come and like you're not allowed to get out because the lions will eat you and stuff. Right. Um, mm. <laughs> you know so but we stopped the car to watch this monkey giving birth right That had just given birth and, and like still attached to the mother and stuff and we're like you know having an educational moment and the next thing we know these monkeys are all jumping on the car and you know the stuff that <laughs> holds the windows in of the car Yeah, they're like mm. picking at that foamy stuff that, and they're pulling it out of <laughs> the oh, thing so they can like, he punched the windows in, and, like, Dad had to floor it, <laughs> so, and all the like, monkeys jump off, you know, because they were, like, trying to get in the car. They're, like, vicious little things.
5: You know, it reminds me of a story. Some of you know this, but I, I'm actually born in Israel, and I have family all over the world, etc., uh, hence my accent that people keep talking about, and... Sort of the off-key singing too, but that's another story. But anyway, um, we were in a sort of a safari zoo type situation in Israel one summer and we were driving with the car and we had a situation where I think the word in English is ostrich. Those birds with the big necks and, and the, yeah. right? Those are ostriches, right? And yeah. my uncle, for some unknown reason decided that the windows should remain open and (laughs) this ostrich decided to run alongside of the car and apparently was very hungry Uh, and the only thing we had was for some unknown reason a piece of paper and Uh so the ostrich decided to grab the piece of paper I think it was on the dashboard and just eat it and uh, then it just went away you know (laughs) So apparently needed a paper snack for reasons known only to the ostrich.
6: <laughs> we have video footage of an emu coming right up to us. We were eating. At, there's a park and you can eat there. It. It's actually an extinct volcano. It's in Victoria, in Australia. And there's they have wild emus at this park. And this emu came up to us while we were eating lunch and took the sandwich right out of my son's hand. Like <laughs> <and> so, Ever since. <laughs> Then, every time we go anywhere near an EVU, my husband, he just freaks right out. He won't go <laughs> near them. He's fully scared <laughs> of them. <laughs> and with well, the recent holiday we went on, we went to all these different wildlife parks and zoos and stuff. And some of them you walk through. The Australian native animal sections are all walk through. They're not behind uh-huh. cages. And you, you know, in some sections, depends how friendly the kangaroos are. You know, you can pat them and stuff. You're not supposed to feed them or anything in most of the zoos, but the emus are not behind any fences. (laughs) We're walking through, and my son is a huge Wiggles fan, and they have this song that's called Move Like an Emu Move. And so he's standing in front of this emu, and it's um, Sydney. This was at Sydney Zoo, Taronga Park. Mm And he's standing in front of this emu in the walkthrough Native Australian zone, going, move like an emu, move, and, like, doing this little dance. And my husband is right by the gate, ready to bolt. And he's, like, looking at me, like, rescue him. The emu is going to eat him. (laughs) The emu is not doing anything. (laughs) My husband is fully – he's got his hand on the gate, ready to leave and everything. And I'm, like, relax. It's fine. It's just an emu. He's, like  – they're killers! They're killers! Amy's are killers. I'm like, they're really not.
3: <laughs> I, don't know when it comes to that, I don't know what it is about Australian animals, but I remember one time we were visiting my aunt in Florida, so it must be some Florida zoo, like Miami or something, and the Australian animal part was, like, not had cages either. And my, I don't even remember this, but my mom keeps telling this story of, like, we were walking through it. I was, like, three or something, and this kangaroo, like, shoots across the path and knocks me over and then just keeps hopping. I mean, it's this (laughs) kangaroo. I don't even, like I said, I don't even remember that.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I've never been been knocked over by a kangaroo before. (laughs) Have you seen, okay, that makes
1: me think of that cartoon with the boxing kangaroo. (laughs) Like, it's a Looney Tunes thing.
6: Yes. We a- were talking about be- that on Peoncast this week, weren't we, Pierce? Oh, yeah. And we oh, were, yeah. because Mike has this unhealthy fascination with the tazzy Devil,
3: and I'm like, surely that massive kangaroo is more frightening. He, like, punches people out. I was so afraid of the Tasmanian Devil.
5: Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is one seriously disturbed creature.
1: Yeah, well, he's no worse than Animal from the Muppets, you know. I,
5: su- I suppose I- not.
1: I keep getting this image in my head. You know, PS that character, anime character you use for your avatar where you are, and yeah. I just keep getting that image of like that person getting punched in the face. <laughs> <Can't hear> it. <laughs> 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 oh, it's just so funny oh, the things that you associate with people.
4: Oh <laughs> yeah. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. Okay.
5: So tangent number guess, one. Huh? Would you <laughs> say? Was- that was tangent number one, ladies and tangent gentlemen. Tangent number one. <laughs>
1: it's just it's so funny because it's not like as wild and off topic as it usually is. I guess nothing funny has happened to anybody this week. Oh, Keza uh, has a plumbing story, right? <laughs> yeah, I do
6: a, a plumbing story. Hey, you know, I showed Chi this picture a couple of days ago of Mr. Keza digging up our front lawn.
3: Mm-hmm. Because
6: <laughs> one day we went out there, there was a, um, there was a swimming pool in our front lawn. Like, it was about two years ago. And we're like, oh no, what's going on? And there's this big soggy patch, and we you know sank down the ground up to our knees and whatever. And so we dig up the earth and we find this old rusted iron pipe. So my dad replaces it and we go along our merry way and then we wake up. There's a public holiday in June. It's the Queen's birthday. The Queen's birthday is not in June, but that's when we have it. I don't know why. It's square crazy. Okay. So we wake up on the <laughs> We wake up on the Queen's birthday holiday a couple of years ago.
5: Is that what um, it's called—the Queen's Birthday Holiday?
6: It's called the Queen's Birthday Holiday. We like to celebrate her birthday, and I don't know oh. why, but okay. there you it's go. That's a Commonwealth country—that that'll do it
3: for you. But it's not celebrated on her birthday.
6: No, I think it's Queen Victoria's birthday, but it's oh, the second okay. Monday in June every year. So it's really not even anyone's. It's just they've just given us a public holiday for the fun of it. It's crazy.
3: Kind <laughs> of like President's <laughs> Day.
6: Maybe I don't know. So well it 's this public wait, holiday, wait. and the Sorry. only thing open on a public holiday is the hardware stores, so I guess we 're lucky there, but you can 't call a plumber, so my dad who 's got like this bunch of plumbing tools and stuff, and he comes over and he we dig it up again, and it's there 's nothing wrong with the the piece of we put pVC pipe in, and there 's nothing wrong with that bit, so we dig some more and we keep digging, and we come across this whole bunch of like house tiles and bits of concrete and stuff that they've landfilled in when they built the house like 30 years ago, and he goes down. He gets copper pipe this time from the hardware, and we fix this. It's like six times as long. We've dug this massive ditch. There's mud everywhere because you know it's been leaking, and we put all the earth back and everything's Hunky dory, and it's all going well. Well. We had this drought here recently, so water's this big precious thing. And the earth has been really hard and dry and then we had this heat wave which was absolutely disgusting, sixteen days of over a hundred degrees. Oi. And then it started raining recently. Now I like it won't stop raining. It's just crazy. So I'm at uni yesterday and I get this phone call and there's another swimming pool in our front yard and I'm like oh, man, I am sick of digging up this trench because we've Uh already done it twice and we keep having to dig up the same piece of ground over and over again because it keeps bringing a leak. So anyway, we've got another leak and we've got no water. We have to keep turning it on and off so that we can like have a shower and stuff. So it's not as bad as last time because last time there was no water pressure. We've got water pressure, but, you know, we're in the middle of a drought and dad reckons that the dry earth has put pressure on the joints and we're hoping that it's just a joint thing because... After this, it goes under the concrete, <laughs> and we don't really <laughs> want to dig up all the concrete. It goes under the house. Oh, <laughs> so no. we've got this soggy patch, and we've got no water, and we have to dig it up again. And oh. Oh, that's not so really, fun. Really over the time. And every time we dig it, of course, it's been wet because, you know, it's been leaking. And so it's chock full of mud. So every time we dig this ditch, it is the most disgusting, squelchy thing you've ever seen. Because we've got like clay soil here where Uh I live and it all sticks together in like clumps and it's just just disgusting. And it's really black and Uh like really dark and oh, not looking forward to it at all. So that's Ugh. my plumbing story.
5: There but we're you hoping, you,
6: can just, you know, wrap a bit of tape around it <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah duct tape. <laughs> well, there's yeah. this special plumbing tape. It's white. Like Dad's got something. You just like wind it around. So. Otherwise, cause I don't, don't want to be digging up cement and, you know, like getting those, you know, those things like and you cut through the cement. No, I don't want to be doing that.
5: Yeah, that technology. actually sounded like a troubled cat more than a, <laughs> a, <laughs> cement, a cement mixer or something.
1: That's troubled cat. Okay. On that note, I signed a lease today. Congratulations! Oh, Mazal Thank you, thank you. I've been so the the problem is that. P.S. I'm sure you know this too. When you're looking for a rental place in college, everybody wants to give you August leases. But I live in Manhattan year round, so I have to find a June lease. So I've been calling places, and I'll call, and it'll be like, "Oh, that unit that we said that was available in the in the newspaper, we just leased it out today." And I had uh, like fifteen calls like that yesterday, and I was so irritated. We finally came across this place. It's four bedroom, two bath. It's a thousand dollars a month, which is not explore? bad. Yeah, four bedroom, two bath.
5: Wow. Is it accessible?
1: Um. The first floor, no, Itai, there's no way in hell. Really.
5: So I can't, I can't <laughs> come and invade your, oh darn.
1: <laughs> I mean, I could, I could, once, like, if I had a ramp up to the door, but I don't think you could probably, I'd, you might be able to get through the door. Depends on how wide your chair is.
5: I don't know. Maybe but, I can pull the super crib and we can manage it. But who knows?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you'd be able to hang out down on the first floor. <laughs> it's uh, it's large, you know, which is nice. And he's renovating it, good. so I'm getting like a super cheap price on something that's, you know, four bedroom two bath. They're usually twelve hundred dollars a month in this area to mm-hmm. rent out because he's renovating it. He's letting it go for cheap because you just kind of have to take him at his word. But the other nice thing is that we're touring the house and he had a pedestal sink in the bathroom. And I was like, oh, a pedestal sink. You know, we're going to have girls. So he's like, oh, we can put a vanity in. You know, it's like, yeah, Because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're walking through with him while he's telling you everything that he's going to renovate. And you're like, hmm, that doesn't work so well. <laughs> Why don't you do it this way? Because he was going to move the um every house in Kansas has a basement. Well, everybody that has any sense in Kansas. Yeah, so you houses. can run
5: away from the tornadoes.
1: Exactly. But in older houses, they used to have outside accessible basements. So you would have to go outside in the tornado to be able to Like in Wizard of it. Oz. No, yeah. That,
4: like-
5: that, that makes a lot of sense, i got to yeah. tell you.
1: <laughs> well, in Wizard of Oz, they're actually going to the root cellar. And we used to have one of those where I used to live. But anyway, um, I'm assuming this was the old cellar. It's part of the house now. So the only way that you can access the basement right now is you go out the door in the freezing cold weather and down the stairs to the basement. And he's like, well, I was thinking we could move the washer and dryer from the basement upstairs, or we could knock down this wall and rebuild you an access down to the basement from this wall. And I was like, hmm, (laughs) well... Because if it's in the entryway, that's really annoying. She wants to do laundry right when you walk in the stairs. Because it would mine's be, like, my main bath- entrance, laundry. Like,
3: mine's in my bathroom. It's so annoying.
1: Yeah, that would be really annoying.
3: <laughs> it is really Because, like, I mean, yeah, it's good. I can, like, close the bathroom door and y'all can't hear that the dryer's on. But it's annoying being in there and having the dryer be on.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, because, like, my grandparents are that way. Like, they'll be... Taking care of business and the dryer will go off, and you have to like <laughs> lock the door with your foot so grandma doesn't come in, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That, that was really annoying. But, I don't even have a dryer. You don't have a dryer.
5: Yeah, well, you do, <laughs> you, you awesome guys don't dryer. need a dryer out there, do you?
6: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, at the moment I do, it's raining all the time. Make sure a kangaroo doesn't
3: make off your clothes, though.
6: <laughs> yeah. Actually, we'll no, likely to be a possum or a koala around here. We don't have any Ev- roos here.
5: Eventually, it'll stop there, right? The rain? Yeah.
6: Well, yeah, but it's gone cold because it's coming into winter. It's harder to dry in winter. Right. I have to hang it inside in front of the heater. My parents have a dryer. If I really need a dryer, I just take it up there and stick it in their dryer and use their electricity. It's <laughs> a pretty good deal.
5: We're even lucky if we can get our um, washer and dryer to work. We're living in an apartment that's actually sort of a gated community. And so there's a a room with the washer, washers and dryers, except most of the time, the washers and dryers don't work. So Mm -hmm. we have laundry facilities and yet we don't, which is sort of annoying, especially if you're trying to do it, but you know.
6: Well, I used to live in this block of flats when I was about 18 when I was going to uni for the first time when I didn't pass my degree. And they had the washing machines in the bathroom, but we didn't have a dryer because we couldn't fit it.
5: Didn't as, you as promise possible. Julia dryer sex at some point? <laughs> <laughs> I did. Speaking of dryers. <laughs> I did. Did you ever deliver?
3: I think she's still waiting for it. She's oh, dear waiting. God. I have, I have started it. The
1: issue is getting... Sounds so dorky. Okay.
5: the no, issue, the is, issue getting, is you've got too many writing projects.
1: <laughs> the issue is getting Harry and Jenny to the laundry facility to have sex on the dryer, right? Because... Uh-huh. <laughs> think about it, there's probably not Wizarding Watchers and Dryers. That just sounds like too... They have them yeah.
5: yeah, that's what you have Scourgeify for, etc., etc., etc.
1: Exactly. So, I was still trying to get Harry and Jenny to some place with a dryer, and I'm thinking like a laundromat that's kind of skanky because it's like public sex and I saw like one of my favorite things to write. Why not?
4: <laughs> Present
1: for Arthur. A present from <laughs> okay, okay. There you go. <laughs> and Jenny's ironing it one day going, that vibrates excitingly. And they're, hmm, I know what I'll do. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> oh,
6: dear. <laughs> yeah, like, Julia fun Stipe fun? says, I'm in a dryer. I may or may not be waiting for dryer sex. <laughs>
5: right. Right. Right, 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 right,
1: uh, Oh, She's been asking me about it, and I was like, I just finished my Changing Seasons pick. I'm so – I need a break. <laughs> and then I have well, to write been, the sixteenth chapter of Discovering Lily. And then,
5: you've been yeah. promising it since her birthday before.
1: I know, I know. And, and but that's I, September. I, I know. I think I'll give it to her, like, next September. Happy birthday.
5: Gee. <laughs> 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 you, you, like, you, you just skipped that year, right? Oh, Yeah. yeah.
4: Exactly,
6: exactly. You didn't say which birthday, did you?
1: No, I. that's the thing. I that's I tried to drive your sex for your
5: birthday. That's true. Yeah. There's a loophole there anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh.
1: Well, like, to get to one of the facilities where I live now, you have to walk across the... I live in a complex, so there's lots of little...
3: Oh, do you have to, like, go across the courtyard?
1: You have to go across the... It's not even a courtyard. It's, like, a thoroughfare with cars and... You know, like, you have to walk across the... What, are you yeah, walking across possible. the freeway or something? No, it's it's the main drive of the complex. I live in, like, they're built probably in the 20s. <laughs> I like that's how bad they are. And okay. they're just, ugh, they're so bad. And they have a drug dealer that lives upstairs, and yeah, it's bad. <laughs> Anybody wants cheap pot, I have a connection. <laughs> Ryan's probably going to be like, I'm going to get a phone uh-huh. My brother,
4: you it. I mean,
1: she bought <laughs> in Kansas. We're going to get the food, And I'll be like, That's why you don't leave me in charge. <laughs> yeah.
5: um, speaking, speaking of laundry rooms, I think that's where uh, Lisa found our recent feline guest that we had.
1: Oh, that's right. Itai and Lisa have been taking care of a cat.
5: And well, had- well, she's in the shelter now, but, yeah, we've, we've had a feline guest for a while. lisa has been feeding her, and we would have loved to keep her, but we have a roommate that I think is slightly anti-pet for reasons that I don't quite understand, and our landlord doesn't know that we wanted to keep her, so we had to bring her back to a shelter, unfortunately, but that doesn't mean we won't have other feline guests in the future. <laughs> 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 and, uh, because we both got very attached to her, we actually we think she was pregnant. So the name I finally came up with for her was Sarabi. And uh, if anyone's looking for the reference, she was Simba's mother in The Lion King.
3: I knew that. I was I was halfway between thinking, "Oh, it's the mother from The Lion King," and half thinking, "Well, it must be the same as something that's like not a cartoon character." I thought it was so, going to be some, like, real literary thing. Yeah, yeah, like, so I, I didn't want to sound, sound dumb by saying that's from The Lion King.
5: No, no, you were right. So we had Sarabi for a while, and we very much enjoyed her. And I think Lisa originally found her in the laundry room. So. Oh. Well, I my roommate's
1: cat is having kittens, and she promised me one. So I've decided if I end up with a boy, I'll name it from the characters from my book. So it might be Rafe or it might be... um. I'd have to pick one of the more obscure ones. Well, Simon was the one cat I was going to adopt, but that didn't work out. Somebody took him before I did. And Simon dies really early, too, and that would just be sad (laughs) Mm -mm. in the story. And if it's a girl, the cat will be Jazzy, because, yeah.
5: I can see, Uh, yeah, I can see that. So I'm pretty
1: excited about that. I'm going to have a kitten, y'all. So
5: cute. And I'm vaguely (laughs) obsessed with Cheese Story, so.
3: (laughs) I need another copy of Cheese Story because my computer ate it.
1: Oh, well, I will send you one.
5: It's I'll in the process you- of being edited, so we've got parts yeah. of it are pseudo-done, and
1: even yeah. though I harass
5: she on a daily basis.
1: <laughs> well, it'll be done here. It should be done before the end of April, don't you think, Itay?
5: Yeah, before the Messiah reappears, yeah, definitely. <laughs>
4: Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing, oh, dear. Juice. Why do I hang out with you people? Okay, I don't
5: know. We're dangerous. (laughs) I know.
1: Julia was here for all of three days, and I've been using Yiddish words for things. I told somebody I was going to schlep over somewhere, and it's
3: just like, what? (laughs) So you're going to who? Yeah. I, I saw this. I took a linguistics course last semester, and they showed the regional use of words by asking people in Texas what schlep meant. Oh, and God. did like,
5: anybody know?
3: No, they were like, "What's this,
5: shelp?" You know, if, you know, if Jen ever shows up today, we have to ask her if he knows what that means, because well, I, I don't think I've ever used it with her. So,
1: <laughs> well, and then like I'm here, and Itai and, and Julia are having a conversation in Yiddish or or Hebrew. Was it Hebrew or Yiddish? Itai? I
5: don't know. I tried to have a conversation with her in Hebrew, but her Hebrew is degenerated to such a degree <laughs> that it's impossible. <laughs> it's absolutely not. impossible. my no, favorite just... thing
4: that
1: they do is like when they're looking for something or or they need a minute they're like "rega, rega, rega," which is like such a cool word, right? So I've Re- been
5: like Rega actually means a moment in Hebrew.
1: Yes. So, so, right. it, so you know. I've been using that and my sister's like, "You're a nut." And I'm like, "What?" It's such <laughs>
5: Yes, a you are, nut. but we love
1: you. And Julia's like, we're going to turn you into a Jew. <laughs> Except for, I couldn't really convert to Judaism because that would be too much effort. <laughs> An Orthodox virgin.
5: For a Ravenclaw like you, studying is too much effort?
1: Yes, 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 it is. I don't have time to study. And who's head of Ravenclaw House on the forums? <laughs> Me? Uh-huh. that's only because I don't fit in any of the other but, houses. But, uh, but, I, I really don't uh, think I would uh, spell uh, mm. <laughs> Shut up, uh-huh. EJ. <laughs>
3: Gee, you wouldn't fit in any of the other houses. What were you yesterday?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, was, was I, uh, I was a Hufflepuff, wasn't I?
3: Yeah, but you were Honorary slith.
1: Yeah, I was Honorary slith,
3: Which yesterday, which I thought was hilarious. And, and,
1: well, I was an Honorary Slytherin because they were... Everything got changed around yesterday, so Ravenclaws were Hufflepuffs, and Gryffindors were Slytherins, and vice versa. And the Slytherins decided that I was an honorary Slytherin, and Jen was a wannabe Slytherin, which was hilarious, because y'all can't see the host forum, but Jen's, like, pitching a fit. Why am I wannabe Slytherin? I could be a Slytherin if I wanted to. I'm like, sweetie, you do not have a mean or ambitious build in your body.
3: <laughs> she asked, did, Brian said one time that she asked him to be in Slytherin because he said like, he'll, if you join the forum and you send him what house you want to be in, he'll usually do it unless you're Jen, in which he won't.
5: Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. You and Jen have a unique relationship. <laughs>
1: That's true. So yesterday, I'm driving down the highway to go pick up my roommate, and I was listening to my rock playlist, and I was like, I have to listen to the Parsel Mouths because I'm a Slytherin today. So I blasted, just for you, P.S., yes, I blasted the song that goes, you know, there are good things, too, that you may not have known. Like, what? <laughs> then, like, they go through the things that are good I, about
3: you. I, I don't know any. I'll, any.
1: I'll send it to you. It's good. It goes, we get to wear green are expected to be me. Well, I've
3: heard that. I've heard that one. <laughs> I heard it because of the Halloween ball.
1: Yes, yes. That's things. I was blasting it. And my roommate from next year, she's like, I didn't know that they have music for Harry Potter. And I was like, oh, yeah, music, lots and lots of music. So we were listening yeah, to Harry Yeah, just Potter. hang around
5: Julia long enough, and you'll realize yeah. how much music <laughs> for Harry Potter there is. I know she was, like, she
1: was just very shocked that there was this whole like Harry Potter subculture that she knew nothing about. And I was like, "It's worse than Star Trek."
5: <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't say that. It's close, give us but time not than we first. Will be, yeah. That's what I, yeah. Give it about another ten, fifteen years, and it'll yes. be up there.
6: I was gonna say, doesn't Star Trek have something like thirty years
3: on Harry yeah. Potter?
5: Pretty yeah. much. They've yeah. had
3: time to become nutters.
5: Time and several incarnations of shows. So. Yeah. yeah,
3: well, I'm, I'm yeah. sure... They have the virtue of time and more canon.
5: That's yeah, true. This is true.
3: Time, well, we several have, shows, and two more movies. movies and
1: then, yeah, we have, well, we have two more movies coming out. Though, three more movies coming out. Three three oh, more. Yeah. Balls, Deathly Hallows 1, and Deathly Hallows 2. And then I'm sure if we wait another 10 years, they'll remake those movies, because they won't have pumped enough money out of them. They'll have the George well, it, Lucas
5: set. I will, the
3: for technology uh, will it the technology will have changed.
5: And What'd technology you say? will have changed by that point. That significantly yeah. enough, I think that it'll be worth well, remaking them.
1: I honestly think they should have waited until until the series was completely done to do the yeah. movies. Because until the series is completely done, you don't know what's important and what's not. So they've yeah. really kind of like screwed themselves up by like not having Harry's eyes be green. Yes.
6: <laughs> not that I'm irritated. Oh, I don't think by- it matters what color they are, as long as they're supposedly the same as Lily's.
5: As long as we can say you've got <laughs> Lily's eyes and and I want you know. I
1: want Peter Jackson to make the next set of movies because at least he acted like he cared. <laughs> and, <laughs> what the other Canon was. And you know, honestly,
5: Maybe. it's nobody's fault that Dan Radcliffe was allergic to the green context. Yeah, they that tried did to try. They could have. They could have
3: colored eyes. them green. Like they could have colored them green. Color
5: corrected, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Well, yeah.
3: they're more than willing to do CGI for everything
1: else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: Uh, I
5: just want a it, version of Goblin taken.
3: of Fire with the dragon doesn't take up half the movie.
5: <laughs> point taken. <laughs> hey, guys, um, was there a fic we were supposed to discuss here?
3: What?
1: No. No, we don't mm. podcast about fics. I don't know what you're talking about. No, <laughs> huh? okay, no, no,
3: there was <laughs> a fic. There was a fic. Because guess what? Guess what? 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 It has is <laughs> in it.
5: <laughs> it <has> what?
3: <laughs> it did, it did. He was in there. He was in these chapters, so we have to talk about the fic. I said we do was have to in talk there? about. Chorus
1: Slughorn. Oh oh, yes. oh oh oh! Is our chorus Slughorn <laughs> fangirl? So uh-huh. I think the only one in the universe, actually, I the didn't unique. Leave. You
3: are. the only one <laughs> guy.
5: Yeah, I honestly, I can take him or leave him, but that's just me. Tonight oh, you're going
3: to get her started. <laughs> Tonight, Tonight <laughs> you're going to take him.
5: Okay, I can. Uh, sure, whatever. <laughs> I'm easy. (laughs) That's so funny (laughs)
1: because, just based on what you write, that just takes a whole nother connotation.
3: (laughs) uh, (laughs) (laughs) Jay, over (laughs) here. No, I I got got Jen to admit that young Horace was hot. Tonight, I'm going to
5: take him. Yes, (laughs) ma'am.
3: I think I think young Albert's pretty hot in that
1: flamboyantly gay kind of way, but I I don't know if I can make myself think that Horace is
5: hot. I don't I don't know. That's a stretch. (laughs) <laughs> well, i was just I, thinking, think, I, I, just like, I think that was your cue uh, p.s
3: <laughs> there's a picture scott made on the forums he photoshopped oh, yeah? somebody and it's pretty much what i picture so i'll have to dig it up for you and see what you think
4: okay
1: the
3: only thing is is that the guy's nose kind of has issues
1: <laughs> the guy's nose kind of has issues <laughs>
5: okay is it a jewish nose <laughs> because in that what? case, they'll always have issues. Nothing we can do about it.
1: I think I have a Jewish nose. It's, like, big and wide.
4: <laughs> I, have, uh, I have a
1: German nose anyway. Okay, yeah. so let's talk about this fake, the Nightmares of Future's Past. Eta is a big fan. Yes, and, absolutely, uh,
5: absolutely. has been for a while. Although I, I do have to warn you guys that I finished this some time ago, and... Being older, my memory is not what it used to be, and I didn't get a chance to do all the rereading I wanted to before, so I apologize. But I will try and sound vaguely intelligent anyway.
1: Well, we wish you luck, because it's hard to sound intelligent in this format.
5: Oh, then, then, okay, you know what? And I just, you know what? I'll just give up on it now. Yeah, that probably was.
1: Just, just, your whole goal should be I want to shout loud enough that people can hear me.
5: I think I can do that, yeah. Remember that I'm Israeli too, so. That's true. <laughs> and we we have no sense of decorum or anything.
1: <laughs> oh, goodness. Fair we're going to get angry letters from
5: people. <laughs> no, well, you don't like anybody.
3: <laughs> no, I, I'm i just calling. You haven't been offended.
5: I just That's call annoying. it like I see it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess you are Israeli so you can make fun of it. It's like
4: oh yeah, well, I would hope
1: so. I, so I can make fun of it that mostly everybody else can't.
4: Right. <laughs> That's right. my dude.
1: So let's start at Chapter 30. We'll kind of go through. We'll talk about the things that we want to talk about. Surprise, surprise. And we're going to finish the fic, or what there is of it so far tonight. And Viridian, I want to apologize now for any death threats that you get yes, coming today. We're all going
5: storm Viridian's email yes. making sure that he finishes the fic.
1: <laughs> Some it, of us it. are a little distraught that it stopped where it did. <laughs>
5: yes, yes. It needs to and, continue. Uh,
1: we'll talk about that later, so... <laughs> We will? Oh,
5: I thought we were talking about it now. <laughs> <laughs> at least I was. Where were hey, you? Um,
6: you just said start at number 30, and I'm like, well, we're we supposed to start at number 30 because I started at 31 when I did to reread.
5: Th- I thought we were doing 27 to 35, but well, we're nobody, to- <laughs> nobody, nobody tells me anything anymore, so...
1: Here's the thing, we're supposed to like hit things from previous chapters that we missed. And what we missed in chapter 30 was Ramus Lupin. And I have a small problem. That's a sin against Chi. Ramus Lupin is, I would have his children. And <laughs> I mean that in the, uh, like least strange way possible.
4: <laughs> uh-huh. Ramus, Lupin
1: is my, Ramus Lupin is my favorite character. P.S. has Horace and I have Ramus. I like to write Ramus. I like to write Ramus being angsty and sitting in yeah, hotel rooms, crying his eyes out and stuff like that. Yeah, so I'm sh- really
5: excited. He shared a wonderful one shot with me once where it was basically him interior monologuing. It was very good. I forget the name of it, though.
1: Oh, uh, it's <clears throat> like, I'm, I'm not, well, fine. I'll plug it. Things Learned in Darkness by Lady Chi. It's really good. Go read it. Thanks. Um,
5: <laughs> You're welcome, by the way.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, anyway, so Harry has manipulated things so that he's coming to teach at Hogwarts again. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited because I love Remus.
5: (laughs) And isn't isn't this also, if I remember correctly, the chapter where we discover that if, or at least in, in Viridian's universe, if kids have a tutoring situation going on, they're allowed to use wands, right? Yes.
3: Yes, they they set up a thing where Remus can teach them.
5: Da, DA. I think that's brilliant. By the way, it's a good way to get around the trace in any event.
1: Yeah, it's good. It's you know, it's kind of a brilliant thing. But once again, I kind of well, Viridian and I have been having this conversation on the forum, kind of back and forth uh, Mm -hmm. lately on what's acceptable to tweak and what's not acceptable to tweak, and we have very different ideas.
5: (laughs) uh, I would have never guessed.
1: (laughs) I think that that's pretty evident. It was just one more thing where I was like, you know, you have to manipulate the universe when you're writing fanfiction because... Mm -hmm. Obviously, another author's universe is not going to work perfectly for you. Sometimes you have to change things a little bit, especially when you're writing AU. But I think part of the problem with a lot of AUs where I start to roll my eyes a little bit, and no offense to Viridian, this is just the nature of the game. If you're writing an AU fic, this is just something that happens every time, and every time it makes me roll my eyes. There's always something about the original universe that's not quite good enough. you know. So taking a summer off of magic... And canon is, it provides a different sort of challenge. It provides Wizarding Kids some kind of perspective on what it's like to live without magic, sort of. And now Harry obviously is manipulating everybody, and, well, that's not good enough. Now we have to be training 365 days a year. And it's one of those things where I just kind of was like, <sighs> well,
3: <laughs> you know? I, I, we- I, I tend to agree with you. It's like all of this at once is a little hard to swallow. Like, I don't really have a problem with each individual person. Mm -hmm. aspect of the various things that he's adding to the universe it's just that all of it at once is a little much for me
5: so you wanted it to happen more slowly or just pick one or two (laughs) like
3: like, like you said the training every day that was a little much for me both in terms of keeping my interest just because it's boring
5: Oh, as a guy, it was fun. (laughs) I I found it a lot of fun, but that's probably because I'm a guy and I don't know. There's at least a moderate amount of testosterone pumping through me, so (laughs) I found it somewhat fun, but yeah.
6: I always find stories where they train my eyes glaze over and I start falling asleep at the point. I'm like, how many interesting ways can you write Harry and his friends shot spells at dummies in the paddock? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I okay, I... we know that. Let's move on. <laughs> well,
1: The thing that I kind of take issue with or whatever is in so many things, Harry goes off and gets trained in the martial arts. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I don't see a, any canon basis for B. It's kind of, Bizarre?
3: <laughs> Does it seem bizarre I, to anything else? It's like I, you know, I think it seems completely, completely unrealistic. Yeah, completely like when unrealistic. When like a dark elf from <laughs> some island comes and takes Harry away to learn to be a mage.
6: Yeah,
4: yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's, that's like the just worst. Got... That is like the worst possible fanfic plot that you could throw at me. You know, I, mean, <laughs> I, I think I've read that. <laughs> I think I've You're read Robert. that
1: too. What's You're the name Robert. of that? Uh, no, no, no. I know this. It's on Sugar Quill. Uh, oh. Oh, well, I
6: can't. I on Sugar Quill. I, there's one where this mysterious stranger comes along and takes him and Ginny away, and they go to some kind of other plane, and they spend like two years of their time there, and they come back to their time, to
3: the Harry Potter world, after like two weeks. Throw just throwing Ginny in it would just make it worse.
6: Yeah, exactly. And they're, like, they train and they become super beings and stuff. But the thing with the martial arts that I don't get is, like, you're in a one fight. You've got a bunch of Death Eaters and they're throwing spells at you. So you're going to whirl around and kickbox them and knock their wand out of their hand. Like, they could have yeah.
3: you know, like tied you up with a, a spell right. while he's
6: Yeah, while you're just busy twirling around or kicking out, that they, they've, like, slammed you into a wall with a spell or something.
1: Yeah, well, the Viridian's making the point in the forums that, you know, it's very hard to hit somebody that's been trained in the martial arts which I'll agree with because Is I have they're friends trained properly them. yeah
5: yeah it's yeah, they're not trained easy. Properly.
1: but by the same token in the canon Harry utilizes the skills that he learns in Quidditch for the very same thing so don't see I don't see the necessity, I just and kind of see it as... Uh, like all what, the, the dodging what,
5: stuff.
6: What, like all the time? Yeah, well, And yeah. he learned from Dudley as well, because from the very first book, he's dodging Dudley really, really successfully. Yes. Mm. He ducks yeah. up at Dudley's punches and stuff. Harry actually already knows how to evade defensively from the time yes. he's 11. So I find no. training him to do that to be a little superfluous, because he mm-hmm. can do that already. It's quite good you know, but
5: in, in, in defense of AU, I mean, AU by definition, to me, means that you're taking the universe and you're going to change it. So, I mean... Well, yeah. <coughs> the so thing if, is that I, I would... Mean, I would if, if, if I think the start...
1: challenge of being a good AU fit, though, Itai, is that you change the universe, but you still keep the flavor of the world.
3: You, know? you keep what shouldn't have changed. Like, for example, if you're going to have an AU fit where Harry was sorted into Slytherin, then I'm not going to expect that anything else had changed. You know mm-hmm. what I so mean? Y- you're saying so you- that this diverged at this point. I'm not expecting suddenly for...
5: So you... I just want to understand what you're saying. In a good AU fic, to your mind, only one major thing changes? Well, it depends
3: what the stated changes are. Like, if the stated changes were to be, like, Harry was in Slytherin and everyone used martial arts, then I suppose I would expect martial arts to be in the story. But if if martial arts weren't, like...
5: In other words, if, Harry, more- if Harry was in Slytherin and all of Hogwarts was also trained in martial arts, that would be okay?
3: Well, I mean, I would think that would be a little weird because I don't really think martial arts... I really like well, Don't they get of told off art for art. muggle dueling? Don't they get told off for muggle dueling? Cause I think when, yeah. so to me, McGonagall calls it muggle dueling when Harry and Drago get in a fight. Mm. So yeah, I so I'm kind of like, why would they win? Yeah.
5: Right.
1: Just a thought. Well, I mean, like, are not saying that this isn't a good AU story. It's just, it's one of those things that I've seen done yeah. before. That's just how and I
3: it. see AU. Like, I see AU as trying to show the repercussions of a stated change without really throwing it to anything else. And because isn't the stated change interesting enough by itself? Like, isn't Harry going into the past and trying to fix things, you know, interesting enough without...
5: It is interesting enough, but then you have the issue of, well... Harry going into the past and trying to change things, and why does it or doesn't it work? It kind of goes back to what I was mentioning to Orion at some point in, in a personal message, and I think I shared it with Chi also. I mean, there's a rule, and here we go with the Star Trek plug. Fair warning. There's a rule in temporal mechanics basically that says that every possibility that can happen will happen in alternate timelines. Which essentially means that major events, i.e. going into the Chamber of Secrets, i.e. Voldemort's resurrection, i.e. one would hope the duel with Voldemort is going to happen, right? So the only thing that you can really, that changes are the minor details and that, so yes, it's, it's interesting that Harry goes into the past and tries to change things. But another level of interesting is how yeah. how does he pull that off?
3: Yeah. And that that's definitely present in this story. I think it's called fate, yeah. or as Meg would call it, Joe.
5: Right. right.
3: What? <laughs> what does right. that mean? I think she said it was like it seemed like J.K. Rowling was saying you can't change that.
6: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: Like
3: this is uh. my universe. Right. So like, uh, you know, stop. like, I just keep thinking about. I mean, I, I know I keep harping on this example, but it's really the only one I can think of where this happens. So I guess the Chamber's not a spoiler anymore, <laughs> because it was done last week. It's already, it, yeah. So, but I mean, like... Thought, okay. Th- yeah. Things like the Chamber or Neville getting hurt at the Flying Lessons... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't change. Were these inevit- must be these inevitable kind of things that Itai was talking about because they happened anyway, even though Harry tried all he could to make them not happen, and they didn't happen. Or well, Harry,
5: the same you know, Harry found didn't... his way onto the onto the Quidditch team anyway. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Which know.
1: makes you wonder if any of the Weasley's deaths can be prevented? You know, because
3: certain things are. Who, like or or whose deaths? It. You know, anybody's yeah, deaths been, death. I mean, yeah. Like I mean, because everybody died in the. I don't want to call it the well, real but, world, but the future yeah. world. But
6: you notice, like moving on into it, when, whichever chapter it is, thirty-five, there is a death that didn't happen before, and Harry's kind of like, you know what I mean? Like if you can oh, yeah. add deaths, you can Melissa. stop deaths. Is oh, okay. Melissa, Right? Yeah. yeah See- so I find it odd that a death can be added. And so one would therefore assume that you could also prevent one, yet Harry can't prevent something simple like, um, you know, getting
5: on the Quidditch team or Neville falling and, or, you know.
6: And, I and find that, that odd. Like, how does plan to, to change everything else?
5: Right. And that that, of course, in my mind, raises a question which we can't be sure of until whenever the end of the thick will materialize. But I was never really clear on what exactly are Harry's goals here. I mean, yes, he he wants to go back and change the past. To I, what would end?
3: Say, I would say his goals are to end the war less bloodily than it ended the first time. Does he want he to do it kind faster? Of so,
5: so, in other words, I guess I'm asking because what are the specific goals? Are the specific goals to keep Ginny from dying, to keep the entire Weasley family from dying? Because I happen to be afraid of the fact that, like we've been saying, that These things are just things that you cannot avoid, and they have to happen in order for the story of Harry Potter to be Harry Potter's story. I think he definitely
3: has priorities about who he'd like to save. Like, I'd say Ginny and the rest of the six friends are probably his priority. And I think there are people, even people who died the first time, that he probably wouldn't be broken up about if they died. And I know even though this is sad, the first candidate I'm going to name is Albus. Well, yeah, uh, I think so.
5: I still end up wondering about it, and, and unfortunately, well, we're and not.
1: That's just coming back to the question of is Harry playing God, which we've kind of talked to death, but it's kind of the central moral issue of the story. And you it's one. An is work. Harry a bagel? No, no, I, I don't think that, I don't think that conversation's even relevant anymore <laughs> to be quite honest with you. Because it's just not. Well Viridian wrote in this author's note he was explaining his ideas about he was defending some of the artistic choices that he made. And I like to read author's notes because I like to write them. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so I was reading through it and he was explaining that in, you know, in his view of the canon, characters mature much faster because, you know, you're handed what is essentially a lethal weapon at age 11. So in order to handle that, you kind of have to develop much faster. He makes the point that James and Lily got married right out of Hogwarts at 17, and that didn't seem odd to anybody. I'm going, it's the 70s, uh, whatever. And um, <laughs> he was explaining that. He said, you know, there's nothing going on between Harry and Jenny romantically. They're just 12, and puberty hasn't hit yet. But they are developing kind of a mature friendship. It, that's clearly defined to me. I don't think that's even an issue.
3: I should probably read author's notes. I don't read them because I hate to I them. I don't either. I actually don't write them. I don't think anything I've ever written has author's notes.
1: (laughs) I like to read author's notes because sometimes I like to know who the beta is, (laughs) particularly if it's bad. (laughs) I like to know.
5: (laughs) So you Uh, can shoot death rays at them? No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I can have somebody to blame, (laughs) I guess.
5: Yeah, so you can shoot death rays (laughs) at them. That's okay. Exactly.
1: Or author's notes are interesting because they're kind of an insight into what the author's – what they're feeling at the time. Some, I think my author's notes are better journal entries than anything I've ever written in my live journal entry. <laughs> when you read with all my love for the podcast, do me a favor and read some of the author's notes and tell me if I do or do not run neck and neck with some of our younger members for Drama Queen of the World. <laughs> <When> I <was laughs> okay, <60. laughs> I will, I will. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that some of those are pretty, um, intense. But yeah, as an author, sometimes, I was gonna say is a comment about Rudy and He is very articulate and he defends his artistic choices very well. And I'm I'm actually really looking forward to having a conversation with him. I have a, I have a feeling that's going to be interesting, both for us and for our listeners, because oh, I of can't some wait. things that I've said and some of the things that he said back. So it's going to be interesting. He's <laughs> rubbing his hands gleefully over oh, there. Yeah.
3: Oh yeah! <laughs> I just so, can never think of what to say when I have to write an oh. author's note. I like oh. sit there. I'm like about to upload my fic, and I'm like, I have to write an author's note now. No, I don't. Click. Nope. <laughs> Nobody. No, are you, you no, are no there, hard I'll and fast Like here's the next chapter, or I'll write this one was a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> my last author's note.
6: I uploaded a chapter yesterday. My last one said, "Thank you very much to the beta. Going back to square one. Enjoy." <laughs>
3: That's all I said. There was nothing else to say. I know. Just thank the beta. Well, once I answered a question that had been posted in a review about, like, a canon question.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: It was like, mm-hmm. how is a character related to Neville? And I was like, here is chapter two. He is <laughs> Neville's great-grandfather's brother. Enjoy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's hilarious. The like...
5: point is good. Sometimes, yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't like the ones that are massive, like, longer than the chapter. <laughs>
5: you know. Yeah, that, usually, that sort of takes away uh, from it.
1: Yeah, I usually thank my beta reader, and then I, if the chapter is dedicated to somebody or the fic is dedicated to somebody, I mention that. But I usually stick mine at the end because I don't like the top portion of it cluttered. That bothers Mm -hmm. me. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: I made an exception for my changing season fic because I know somebody's going to read that and go, gee, you're a vicious, vicious liar. That's why nobody likes you. But yeah, usually my um, notes are in that tone of voice, huh? Yeah, what's really funny is when I finish a novel length, I do special thanks and acknowledgements like I've won an Oscar. It cracks me up every time I'm writing it. I'm like, I'd like
4: to thank my family (laughs) and God. (laughs) You know,
1: (laughs) you got your Sally Field hat on. (laughs) I do. I do have my. They love me.
4: They really love me. Yeah. It's. it's, Well, because usually sorry.
1: by the end of a novel, because it takes me forever to write a novel, because they're usually like, in the
5: middle of the... Oh, don't, don't even remind me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but anyway, it takes me forever to write them, so usually there have been a lot of people that have been kicking me and prodding me into doing stuff. But anyway, point being that I like a lot of Viridian's author's notes. <laughs> getting back
6: to Oh, the- right. <laughs> okay, but <it's> on topic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, he answers really relevant questions, so... I want to kind of go ahead and talk about the super hairy Dementor attack at the beginning of Chapter 31. Accio <laughs> um, <I can't> Dementor!
3: <laughs> yeah, that was first thing in my notes is, would Accio Dementor really work? Well, I don't understand why you would want it. Like, you vile thing that makes
1: me remember my mother's death. Come closer. Like.
6: Well, he is trying to slam him into the wards. He doesn't actually yeah. think it's going to get to him, but it does sound the stupidest thing ever. Yeah. Okay, like one Accio was Richard.
3: Hagrid.
5: Remember? <laughs> oh, my God. Help as anything. As, read, oh. as soon
3: as I read the words Accio Hagrid, I was like, Hagrid's dead body is going to come up and smash. <laughs> yeah,
5: It's like, Timber. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Oh, how that hurts. I just the thought of that hurts.
6: Mm, uh, Wasn't Harry still on the bike absolutely. at that point though? Harry was still on the bike when he ackeied Hagrid. So he was kind of uh, probably hoping that Hagrid was smacking to the bike, not him. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would have
3: been so much better. hoped, be but yeah, okay. That makes me me wonder if you can summon anything that's bigger than you. I mean, can your magical power even pull it in if it's that heavy?
5: It depends how powerful your magical core would be, I would think.
1: You would think Mm -hmm. so. Although, that's kind of a fun discussion to have, because, you know, in canon, they talk about certain wizards being really powerful, and other wizards not being so much. But you don't really see what makes one wizard more powerful than the other.
3: Well, I always assume that somebody like Neville, who was... Completely hopeless. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you better not hope that Jules is not listening.
3: Sorry, Jules. I just can't help it. It seems like every time I talk about this fic or any fic with Neville in it, I end up insulting Neville. It just happens. I do it with Draco, too, so it's okay.
5: <laughs> I do it with uh, so do that. So that makes it. it okay, huh?
3: Yeah, it does. No, 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 I don't the people that like Neville probably don't like Draco. So I feel like I'm pleasing everybody and making everybody mad at me.
1: <laughs> so long as everybody hates you equally. <laughs>
3: I feel well, like everybody likes me either because I insulted the other one. Well, there you go. But Anyway, the point is, I figured that somebody that wasn't so magically powerful would be someone who couldn't do magic properly. Well, we, we like, know, like somebody that had
1: more problems getting spells yeah, or whatever.
5: Yeah. We know that the emotional state of a character, and I think this is from canon, we know that accidental magic, for example, or how powerfully connected you are emotionally to what's going on, will and does affect your magic. I mean, look at Molly at the end of Deathly Hallows, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, not my daughter, you bitch. Whack! It was wonderful, <laughs> and we all love her for it, but... If that's not power, and if that doesn't affect what somebody can do, then I don't know what does. But there is also something to do with how innately powerful your magical core is. Uh, example, Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so I think it's somewhere between the two sides of it, and in the middle, you have the equation.
6: Yeah. Well, the f- Hagrid tells Harry, when he goes and gets Harry at the beginning in Philosopher's Stone, he says... You're a wizard, Harry. And a thumping good one or something, yeah. whatever the line is, I'd wager. And, and he says that it. because James and Lily were good at it. So there's definitely got to be different levels of power. Well, like, it
3: could be genetic or it could be Hagrid. Because I know a lot of people will think you're going to be one way because of members of your family and... You're oh, my, everyone thinks that I can play the piano wonderfully
6: just because my mum is really good at it. And I mean, playing yeah. the piano is not genetic, but they seem to have this idea that just because my mum plays the piano really well, that I do as well. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know where they get that. Like, it's not like you know, magically genetically, I can play the See, piano really well. So it's really like you well.
3: don't know, is magic genetic, or is it one of those things like playing piano where people think Harry's going to be a powerful wizard because his parents were? Because his it's parents really, necessarily-
1: yeah. Well, I know a lot they, of people were disappointed in the end of Deathly Hallows because they thought there was going to be some huge Harry has to be a super powerful wizard spell to bring down Lord Voldemort. Uh, one and I was. then we
5: get
6: Expelliarmus. <laughs> and then I'm, and then well, we get see, I always thought that I the am whole glad that it was, it was Expelliarmus
3: because I'm glad that Harry didn't kill. I mean, I'm mean i glad he didn't have to cast a killing
5: curse. Yeah, but there I mean, were I'm, so I'm, many other spells that I'm, Harry could have cast without killing. Well, he did do
1: the Cruciatus Curse, didn't he? Yes. I mean that
5: really. Bothered me.
1: That really bothered actually, me too. At the end of Deathly Hallows, there were so many things. I you guess, got, you know, it's a battle I situation was, like, but it always me. bothered me in fix where people would say that the orers were authorized to cast the unforgivable spells. Because if it's you're like authorized, saying
5: that, they're not unforgivable. Yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. It's like saying the police are authorized to use lethal force. But that's only a last minute situation and even then most police officers I know don't fire their weapons unless
4: and, and then, then, they like tried, then they, yeah.
1: yeah, then they don't shoot to kill. So it's, I don't know. But we're not talking about the house. We're talking about um, <laughs> nightmares of future's past. But the interesting thing about it is th- these are all questions that are going to become relevant, I think, in this story, too. Because of the, the things that Harry went through. And you'll notice that in this canon, we went through that paragraph last week where they're describing the numerous ways that Harry has killed people. None of it was the killing curse. He was entombing them in mud and slamming them against walls and very gruesome ways to kill people, I rather thought.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember in Deathly Hallows when Hermione got the Death Eaters behind the curtain and turned it to stone? That really Mm -hmm. disturbed me Mm -hmm. from Hermione when I read that. Yeah. I, don't I know that Fred had just died, and I think they were supposed to be the ones that killed Fred. But I mean, it seemed really, it really threw me out of the story.
5: It's, yeah, it's disturbing what humans are capable of on the one yeah. hand, and it's, it's amazing what we're capable of on the other.
6: Do you think it's also a comment on what war does to people?
5: I Absolutely. Think so. Absolutely.
6: Because it does. It, it, I remember in high school reading war poetry and studying the poetry that was written by both sides in World War One. And a lot of them were talking about how, how things changed. Uh, mm-hmm. How they had changed from being at war. That's different people. Well, I know
1: Eli went to Afghanistan and came back a different person. You know, it, mm. it's not, he came back a jerk. You know he was probably a jerk before. <laughs> but anyway. Um, <laughs> but I've had classmates come back from, again, Afghanistan and Iraq. And it, things change. And I think that's one of the allegories of the Harry Potter series. Is not only what racism and prejudice and bigotry do to people and society as a whole, but what do the after effects of that do to people?
4: Yeah. I'm, we have theory I...
1: in Nightmares of Future's Past that's very affected by it. Yeah. That seems yeah. at some points almost unhairy-like by how cold and callous he is about things, <laughs> and then you remember, oh well. This Harry has lived through 30 years of horrible things, you know, or 15 years of horrible things. Yeah, and you
3: just kind of wonder if even someone even nicer than Harry, fill in the blank because I can't think of a person's name, <laughs> would, <laughs> well, they would turn into, you know, like, like Neville yeah, if he had survived, yeah, or yeah. Luna. I
5: mean- One of the things that I'm constantly confronted with and it makes me sad is that I'm studying to be, at this point, a marriage and family therapist. And I shudder to think how many cases of post-traumatic stress disorder I will encounter. And on the one hand, it will keep me working, but I wish that it wasn't there, you know. And I'm scared of it because I don't know how I'm going to deal with it when I encounter it. And And I know that I will. I mean, that's almost a given in my head.
1: So <laughs> That's one of the things that when I was considering going into development permanently, which is one of my favorite hobbies. And it's very useful for writing, human development. One of the issues that I had was that some of these things aren't curable. If you have PTSD, you're going to have to cope with the after effects for the rest of your life.
5: Yeah. You know? And it's going to or- be shitty regardless.
1: Yeah, or if you have depression and anxiety like I have, you have to deal with it for the rest of your life. And it's kind of dealing with a Harry that has mental issues is always interesting slash hard for me (laughs) because Mm -hmm. it's like it's a unique experience to be mentally ill and it's something you can't describe to somebody else. There's not enough words. There's not enough. You can't convey what it's like to somebody. So sometimes they hit it right and sometimes they don't. Obviously, I don't have PTSD. I've not been in a war situation. I've never been raped. I just have run-of-the-mill anxiety and depression. I just seem to think the world's falling down on me all the time.
5: (laughs) just little. You and me both. (laughs) On any uh, given
1: day. On any given day. So what was my point with this, Harry? It's interesting the times that it affects him and the times that it doesn't. Like when he shuts down at night, that's when it bothers him. Mm -hmm. During the day, not so much. Like, he can just because kind of. Because he's busy. On.
5: He's busy and right. he's doing, and he's got his checklist. So Yeah. He,
6: he's, got he, checklist. No, <laughs> you know,
5: he's got his checklist. No, he's got his to do list, or whatever Viridian calls it.
6: Contact so Remus, he, check. Accio Dementis, <laughs> check.
5: Check, right. So he, so he doesn't really. Get his on Jenny his mind doesn't time. have the chance to calm down and really process anything <laughs> other than straight ahead and this is what I'm doing.
1: The scene where he's fighting the Dementors I thought was interesting because I was like, for sure, we're going to get more detail about other battles that he's been in mixed into this battle with mm. Dementors or whatever. Cause you would mm-hmm. assume it would be a big issue, but it was a very straightforward type of scene minus mm-hmm. the whole flinging Dementors into wards. I didn't think that you could kill a Dementor,
6: though. No, like, that was
5: new and different.
6: Mm. I don't think I can <laughs> because they're an embodiment of scary, depressive stuff, like yeah, the things mm-hmm. that make you feel bad and stuff. Yeah, yeah really it's like a that. fucking
1: panic attack for me.
6: <laughs> like, you can't like, destroy those feelings; they never fully go away. There's always going to be something else to replace it with. So I don't think if you follow through that metaphor to the end, you can't destroy a Dementor because they represent something that cannot be destroyed.
5: It's like right. another Star Trek metaphor, here, but there's an episode in Next Generation called Skin of Evil, where Tasha Yar ends up dying. Because these, oh, yeah. these beings have literally left their negative feelings and their negative thoughts as a race on this planet and it congealed into this black tar, tar. pit yeah. that is called the skin of evil. And you can't do anything for this thing other than just leave it there to stew in its own misery. Mm-hmm. That's, I never, I never that's what a dementor probably is.
3: Yeah. Well, I, okay.
6: Because well, they why feed he, on all the misery stuff, and, and that's right, what they go right. looking for. They want mm-hmm. more misery. The, yeah. the feelings of happiness that you manifest through the expecto patronum
1: only chase them away. They're yeah. never destroyed. They're just removed they to
5: different They don't neutralize place. them, yeah.
6: Right, exactly. See, I don't Which, think you can construct wards either. Like the wards that are yeah. around to keep the you can't construct them.
1: If you follow the metaphor to the end of its logic sentence, I don't think that you can. It's one of those things where the funny thing is with the charm and the feelings of depression or whatever that are the dementors. That's kind of how you have to deal with it in real life. That doesn't go away. You just have to learn to cope with it because you can't destroy being sad. There's just no way. At some point in your life, something is going to make you sad. You can't keep your life being the
5: best. The best any of us can ever do is keep it at bay. Yeah, make it so that we can function miraculously somehow throughout the day.
1: What's it's, also good about the metaphor of the Dementor, too, is that their final attack or whatever is to remove the essence of who you are, which is what those feelings do is they,
4: absolutely. you do
1: shut down completely. You yeah. walk and you talk and you interact, but it's not you. So that's, you don't that's care a,
5: and all you want to do is go to sleep. Yeah.
6: And yeah. at the most extreme state is catatonia. Yeah. Yeah. Of it can progress that bad in some individuals. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Ask my sister. <laughs> it is possible to sleep for 22 hours a day. I've done it before.
5: So, I've seen um, people do it, and I've done it. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, that's just... It's, I don't it's ever a want to go metaf- back
5: there, but I've been there and yeah. done that.
1: It's one of my favorite metaphors in the whole series, to be quite honest with you. And yeah. one of the things that is truly scary. Voldemort, not so scary. Dementors...
5: Yeah, Pretty story. I, Voldemort. I almost laugh at, and the only time I don't laugh at is during the resurrection scene. But the Dementors—another
1: yeah, <sighs> thing that, that I don't—the uh, Horcruxes and Dementors. Yeah. Those oh god. Very, uh, yeah. Those are my two least favorite, and I really think that it's probably because I'm a very deeply religious person, and the, <laughs> you, you start talking about messing with souls, and I get very creeped out.
5: Well, <laughs> no, the, the same <laughs> you know? same thing for me. I mean, it's you just don't mess with things like that.
3: I see it as kind of creepy just because it can't die. I mean, I don't even know how to put it. It's just like, ugh. Yeah, it's very
1: creepy. And the idea that it creeps Jo out so much that she won't even talk about it.
5: She can't even talk about it, yeah. 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 And I don't, I, think I've don't, created something I don't blame her, that her either. <laughs> I haven't
1: gotten to the point where I've I've given myself nightmares, but I haven't gotten that point
3: yet. So. <laughs> of course, I desperately want to know what she's keeping from us. <laughs>
5: Wait <laughs> you for know, the Scottish I, book.
3: She said that it might not be
1: in there because it's just so grotesque,
3: and, and I. She probably doesn't even have any idea how it goes. She's probably just saying
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, is the cynic over there. I'm willing to bet that it's. I don't know. I'm kind of jaded, though. At this point, I don't know how much it would really disturb me. Yeah. But then I've been writing about vampires for the last yeah, you, month, you, so you,
5: that's that's a little straight. Yeah, <laughs> Ita is uh, like.
3: Creepy, huh? Stuff that disturbs most people doesn't usually faze me, but then stuff that most people are okay with usually disturbs me. So it's kind of...
1: Like, what disturbs you that
3: most people are okay with? I'm I'm curious. This is going to sound... You want to know what is a very hard movie for me to watch? Godzilla. Really? Yes. Because? Just the destruction. it, It just really... It bothers me way deep down inside. I don't know why.
5: So you don't like Deep Impact or Armageddon or well, War of the Worlds of either, right?
3: I haven't seen any of those, but the point is, like most people, it doesn't really bother them, but it, it bothered me a lot. Well,
5: no, so if it you it? don't like Godzilla, then don't watch any of those that I just mentioned either.
3: Okay, <laughs> I can't watch
1: people trapped in hopeless situation movies like Backdraft or Towering Inferno or I can't Apollo watch fires. I can't
3: I can't watch fires in movies. Like, if there's a building burning down and it, you go in there, I can't yeah. watch it. Really? Even I, if the people get saved, I just I, can't.
1: I literally cannot make it to the end of Apollo 13 because this is part of my anxiety. But I, when I fully realize that they're in a space with a very limited amount of oxygen, <laughs> I start to freak out and I have trouble breathing too. <laughs> so that's one movie I can't watch that most people are okay but with.
6: Don't they all make it home in Apollo 13?
1: Yeah, they all make it home, but I've I, I have oh, okay. never made. It That's to what
3: end. I was can't make it I've seen that, and I'm like, I'm sure they
1: all made it home. <laughs> oh, they all make it home. I just can't watch it; it freaks me out. <laughs> oh,
5: okay. Recently, I have trouble watching movies where people are dealing with their own mortality, like My Life or um Stepmom or anywhere where people have Still major diseases. And yes, I, I, girl. Yeah, my girl, my girl.
6: Okay, I have. I Song recently, song.
5: I recently have real problems watching movies like that, and that's honestly most of Lisa's part of the library are movies like that.
1: Oh <laughs> so no! It's, it's... I if he's the Notebook that made me oh, like not. She owns
5: even, like, that, and I will not look at it. I've seen my it.
1: mom comes out of the theater to see that movie. I refuse to go see it, A, in the movies, but my mom comes out of the movie theater. I came to pick her up and she is still crying. Not like silent like most people when they cry Balling, at movies, you know. Yeah. It's like the tears running down their eyes. No, she's got a like a Kleenex. she's like <laughs> bawling. Yeah.
4: <laughs> And she can't stop. And I'm like, Mom, are you gonna be okay? And she's like, If I get Alzheimer's, I just want you to know that I still love you. <laughs> 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 I know mom <laughs> getting the
1: glorious. <laughs>
6: I love her. When I was about 14, I think, when Beaches came out, and my friend and I went to see it at the cinema. And we're mm-hmm. sitting there, and it gets to the sad part. you I don't want to ruin it in case anyone hasn't seen it, but it gets Wait, to the well, sad what part. What movie
3: is it? You, Beaches. you dropped out. It no, I, I, with I think, Beth think Beth we've Beth all seen Beth it. Bette Barbara Hershey. No, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen any American movies. I'll just put it out that way.
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, there's a
6: sad part, and... You're supposed to cry at this part. So we were, like, getting ready to cry, and this chick sitting next to us starts crying and snorting. She was like, <laughs> So we crack up laughing in this really sad death scene, and we're cracking up laughing our heads off in the cinema, and
3: everyone is turning around to look at us because we're ruining their, their moment. Oh That happened to be during a re-showing of Gone with the Wind. (laughs) (laughs) And it was the part when Bonnie dies. (laughs) And for like the week before, my friend and I had had some stupid inside joke about something that had to do with the name Bonnie. So when they kept saying Bonnie, I had to like stick my hand in my mouth to keep from (laughs)
4: laughing.
5: (sighs) (sighs)
1: Okay, so that was tangent number
5: four. We should probably come back to Um, of Abuse. Where in God's name were we anyway?
3: (laughs) We were Uh, on line one of notes.
6: (laughs) Yeah. I think we've covered (laughs) Akio Dementa.
5: And this is typical Potterfick Weekly, ladies and gents. This is
3: true.
6: (laughs) And this is why we we
5: love it.
3: Next, we have... Fred Fred and George George. find out who the Marauders were. Yes. I like... This is kind of an interesting... Yeah. It it was interesting. I'm kind of torn 50-50 about whether or not I liked it or not, because I kind of like how in the canon all the Marauders die without Fred and George ever having known who they really were, and they're just these mythic figures for them. Mm -hmm. A, because it kind of takes it away if they know them, and secondly, it also kind of takes them away if they know that one of them was Peter Pettigrew. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like, yes, yeah, so I'm kind of torn. I don't know. I think it probably would have been slightly more mischievous for Ramus and Sirius to just keep their mouths shut. <laughs> just let Fred and George go on. But, it's, I mean, there was some comic value to it. I mean, it's one of those things where I could leave and take. I don't really have a definite opinion on it.
6: I actually didn't like the way that they were going, we are not worthy, and all that bowing stuff. It didn't seem very Fred and George to me. Yeah,
5: Well, I think that's a. um, That's a Wayne's World reference. A throwback to Wayne's World, or a Shadowlands. Yeah,
6: I know where it's a reference from, but I think it was just. Yeah, Yeah, no,
5: I. I I didn't like it. I didn't like it when I first saw it either, and I don't like it now.
1: It's kind of like in Chewbox when there's references to muggle things like up and right. You're
5: like, eh, all right. <laughs> like it is free,
1: but I can kinda just take it or leave it because I don't really care for the the not very subtle references to things, but it's <laughs> just me.
3: Then yeah. <laughs> if you don't get them they kinda just sail over your head and it's like whatever.
1: <laughs> um, you're like, oh, that was kind of a badly written piece of prose and you skip scrolling down and get to the end. I hope you yes. recognize the reference to insert obscure movie title here, (laughs) you're just like, no, I didn't get it. Next. (laughs) Yeah.
6: Well, Um, that's the thing with intertextuality, though. You have to understand all the text references in order to get it. Oh,
5: that's a good word. We lit geeks like that word, intertextuality.
6: Intertextuality. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you know, I don't do children's lit for nothing, you know.
5: (laughs) Ten points because uh
6: I'll take it. <laughs> hey, you can't give points. I can give points. No. I, yeah.
3: <laughs> give myself 10 points for using a big on the podcast. i aren't, aren't valid points. I've no, come it's, to learn. A,
5: it's something that my parents always said, you know, 10 points for whatever yeah. reason.
3: Oh, my yeah, my dad used to say that
6: like all so I'm deprived. But, oh, yeah. Not, yeah, you have to understand the references. See, you can watch Shrek, for example, and get most of them because most of them mm-hmm. are fairly mm-hmm. well-known. But we were watching it for the 60 millionth time. I don't know how many times I've seen that movie. We were that's watching brilliant. it in the, in the lecture. And there was a few things that I picked up that I hadn't seen. There's one where he goes, I can't feel my legs. And I have never seen, what is that from again? Oh, I know where it's from now oh. because they had to tell me.
5: <laughs> yeah, Major
6: pain. It's from major pain.
5: And anyway, I was yeah. sitting
6: there going, I know that's from somewhere because it just looks like it's from somewhere. But I had no idea where mm. it was yeah. from. And then the entrance is set up like the entrance to Disneyland, which I've never mm-hmm. been to. So I didn't know. <laughs> and everyone's saying that. I'm like, oh,
3: okay. So when
6: I go to Disneyland one day in the far-flung future,
3: I'll be like, oh, that looks like Shrek. Yeah. I always do that He's Like I grew up watching The Simpsons. Like I was raised on it. My, my dad loved it. And so I would see all these things that they were making reference to there before I saw the movies. Mm. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. I go through life being like, that's from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh, you sort of had to reverse it, yeah. You know?
3: Yeah. See, I was not allowed
4: to
1: watch The Simpsons. I have only recently um, discovered the, the... I love it now because I'm very into pop culture now, but I wouldn't have understood it then. And I still can't get Family Guy. Honest to God, family. I try.
3: I hate Family Guy. And I, like, all I, my guy
1: friends are like, I love Family Guy. And I'm like, I can't watch it because my IQ drops. And I don't yes, have the best
5: <laughs> For the record, I don't like it. I can't stand it. So, not all your guy friends love it, dear.
6: <laughs> there you go. I don't get it because I'm not American. And, like, I sit there and no, I you, watch you, Family Guy. No, no, you don't. No, you, it you, is you very American, though. Um, well, that's sort of part of skin. it, but I
5: think the other part of it is that you're simply way too intelligent for it. <laughs>
1: <you have> to- <laughs> that's right. We're going to get lots of angry emails. <laughs> family
4: go <guy> rocks. <laughs> I don't
6: care. No, uh, got- we, we hang on, that- I might be thinking of the wrong one. Is it the one with that stupid little baby that goes around yes, killing Yes. Okay, because there's this other one, American Dad, and yeah. I get them mixed up, and i just like...
3: Because <sighs> they look the same. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's same, the but same That people. little
6: baby annoys me intensely because that's on before Lost here, you see. So uh-huh. I sit down ready for Lost and I set up my computer because I watch it with Joe and we put the DVD on and I put the TV on and we watch it and make fun of the Lost people. And <laughs> I sit, <laughs> they do some crazy things. I sit there and I have to sit through the end of this stupid little killing baby first and it's just like, oh. <laughs> This is just ridiculous.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I... The other show I wasn't allowed to watch that I love now is The Daily Show, Jon Stewart and the Colbert Report. And now... Don't get
5: Julia started. No,
1: because it was too liberal for my father. (laughs) I'm from Kansas. (laughs) So now when I go home, I turn it on and I watch it, and my dad's like, I can't believe you watch that. And I'm like, I can't believe you don't. (laughs) Because it's just
4: so funny. (laughs) I
1: I tell my dad, You need to develop a sense of humor about politics or you're going to have a coronary
4: (laughs) and die.
6: (laughs) We don't get that show. That's not on
5: Australian TV. But if it's about
6: politics, then it wouldn't make any sense. We make fun of our own politicians in our own way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The latest one, there's this comedian. His name is Rove McManus and he has this show. And he likes to take footage of the Prime Minister, what they were doing that week, and then put a voice over and make him say crazy things. And I've noticed the difference because we have a new Prime Minister and the old one, he used to make him say really off-colour, disgusting things. He'd kiss a baby and say something, you know, bagel-like. But the new <laughs> oh. Prime Minister... He must really, he must really like the new Prime Minister because he does fun things like pretend that he's telling jokes to international heads of state and, and other weird stuff. But that's quite funny. And apart from that, we have these bunch of guys who, um, they go and they set up situations and then film it. And they're actually going to court for one because they actually decided to test the security at Ape in, I think it was Melbourne. And they dressed up in Middle Eastern wear. And got through oh a whole bunch of security checkpoints, and oh it did not go down well with the security yeah. people and all those people and they actually ended up in court for it, and a whole bunch of other stuff, but they do stuff as well where they set up politicians and crazy stuff like that, so we've got our own brand of
1: it sounds kind of like are you being served like or punked or something like that yeah, kind
6: of. sort of and very.
3: Yeah, it, it's
6: similar to that, but it's usually based around, like, political satire type of situations rather than, you know, pranking your boss. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that
3: makes
5: sense. Yeah, one thing that Micah, our roommate, will watch that he uh, – talk about the IQ going down, and I just don't get it, is South Park. And oh, yeah,
3: okay. uh, yeah. That's and right. He thinks. guy for me.
5: He thinks it's the best thing since I don't know what. And he'll sit there, watch it, and he'll not only laugh, but he'll laugh so that the entire apartment complex can hear him. And I'm like, why? That's not funny. That's stupid. Most of it I find obscene, but he loves it. I don't get it. Never did.
1: Yeah. That's uh, another thing I wasn't allowed to watch. Goodness gracious. Mike and I are the total opposite people, and I really do believe that. Like, I'm female, and he's male, and he was allowed to watch Rated-R movies when he was two, and I wasn't allowed to watch Rated-R movies until I was 17, and oh, I couldn't even say Titanic when it came out. So I snuck over to my best friend's house, and we bought two big bags of Oreos and a 10-gallon jar of pickles, and two oh. <laughs> liter jars yeah. of Pepsi, and was snuck down to her basement and watched this movie. And I have we're never been so sick Titanic, in my life. Yeah, Titanic. Yeah. Oh. God. And I was I was so all I, of eleven.
6: Pickles was- and Oreos at the same time. Yeah, yeah I've never been oh. so sick in my
5: life. Oh. God,
6: I- <laughs> <laughs> and it, they were <laughs> Which even is good how time. we feel about. <laughs> <that you> <laughs> Do we feel about that way about? That we it? haven't been talking about nightmares of you just passed. I was looking for something. We feel about that. Oh, Neville's grandmother. We feel that way about Neville's grandmother. We feel <laughs> that way about Neville's <laughs>
1: grandmother. Uh, oh, <laughs> what's my exact note, guys? Oh yeah, Neville's grandmother is a raging bitch. <laughs> Hormone replacement therapy. <laughs> <Is> <laughs> <it> all- <laughs> either,
5: uh, either that, Uh-oh. or she's channeling Emily Gilmore.
1: Yeah, obviously, I can't, menop- I can't obviously, figure out which. Obviously, menopause has not been kind to this woman.
5: <laughs> That's <laughs> all I
3: have to oh. say. <laughs> oh, I, I no. do not support this grand for president.
1: <laughs> no, 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 I don't. No,
3: and no. I also think that the way that
6: Neville interacts with her is just really.
3: I mean, I didn't like Graham, but I wanted oh. to smack him. Like, yeah. He was just like. He's a, a rude little snitch. Uppity little. his grandmother. grandmother. Yeah. And, oh, what was it? I
6: noted down this line. I actually, I made notes. I wrote it. And he just sounds really stilted and weird. This is from chapter 34, sorry. He says, blah, 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 blah. As you are my legal guardian, humiliating me is well within your rights, but that stops when you drag my friends into it. And I'm just reading this, Neville going, what kind of, like, is he a lawyer now
3: or something? Like.
5: And how old With is Neville supposed
3: to He's 13, and it, it's yeah. Neville. I mean, Neville would never talk like that. I mean... To anyone,
1: let alone his yeah.
3: grandmother. I mean,
5: Honestly, what? other than myself, I don't know any 13-year-old that speaks like that. I mean, I did because I'm strange and I'm a freak, but...
1: <laughs> well, I, this always makes me laugh when people say... You know, I was a very developed thirteen-year-old, and I, but I can't imagine any other thirteen-year-olds that talk this way. You should go talk to some thirteen-year-olds. A, B, <laughs> he doesn't sound like Neville. It doesn't. he doesn't sound like he's thirteen. He doesn't sound like Neville. That's the issue. Mm-hmm. Because every yeah. I know thirteen-year-olds that are just like this that think you know I was a very self-righteous thirteen-year-old. My parents were trampling on my rights all the time, and if they were going to make me choose between my friends and my family, by golly, I was going to move because I didn't need anybody. in <laughs> Yeah. So this I is what issues.
6: I don't understand about this sentence. As you are my legal guardian, humiliating me as well within your rights. It just sounds a bit formal, but also like, who actually thinks. It sounds thinks like he's writing a that, deposition. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. Like, like, but who actually thinks that their legal guardian or their parent type person has the right to humiliate them?
3: Yeah.
6: I still think nobody has the right to do that to me. I never would have thought that. You know, like, why would. Never, at, not
1: even at 13.
6: That—that yeah. yeah, I mean, that particular—you that have the right to humiliate me. Yeah, I give you've got the right because you, you don't, mean, but you do.
5: Yeah, that—that that particular line almost feels to me like it was meant for Harry and somehow mistakenly got assigned to Neville. Yes. You know? it
1: doesn't even it doesn't sound does. like Harry though. Like it's, it, no, it, just it, it like it, it sounds like this Harry. It doesn't sound like canon yeah, Harry.
5: It sounds like this Harry. That's what I meant. Yeah. That's what yeah, I meant I, when I, I, I said it got, it got re, mis, <laughs> misassigned or reassigned, and, and it is a little odd.
1: I think, you know, this is maybe one of the consequences of Harry's manipulating, is he's not necessarily – the beauty of Neville in the canon is that he's soft – as a person, until he absolutely needs to be firm. But then he's firm in the nicest way that you can be firm.
5: Yeah, <laughs> you but you know, it, even you know? when he's firm, he's, it, it takes him so long. And even yeah, when he's firm, hair. he's not firm. <laughs> it's like, don't let them get, you know, don't give it to them, Harry. That's as firm as he gets. Yeah. In, in Order of the Phoenix. It is of character. And it's
6: more of an inner courage with Neville, I think. Like, it's not outward. Like, he's the last one standing with Harriet, at the Department of Mysteries on Order of the Phoenix. And mm. it sort of comes from in him. It's not because he's blustering around saying things and throwing his weight around like this. It's more quiet. It comes from in Neville that he didn't he drag Hermione around for a while or something because he, mm. he couldn't just leave her there? And, yeah. and, mm. and it's the same in Deathly Hallows. He's looking to protect the other students and he had this faith that Harry would come and he found the room of requirement and, and all those things. It's the strength that comes from within him and then he leads quietly. He, he doesn't do this, you know, throwing his weight around saying, all right, well, you know, I'm going to shut you down because I don't like you. And he, it's not his character to do things this way, I don't mm. think.
1: Yeah, it seems very out of place. It seems very disjointed. I'm sure Verdian felt justified in in this, but I think at some point somebody has to say, the problem at this point is that Neville and Harry are becoming too close character-wise. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. sort of like all of his male characters, and this is a problem that everybody has, are kind of taking on the same, like gradually they're morphing into one person so that you can kind of interchange dialogue because what sounds natural to one will sound natural to the other.
5: I, I think in that quote that I think, Keza, you brought it up, right? It did get swapped, and that was the one where we caught it, you know? Yeah.
3: I've noticed that happening. <laughs> You said you noticed it happening to Viridian with male characters, and I feel that it happens to me with female characters, so I kind of wonder if it's well, not, like, right. happens to the characters that are the same gender as you.
1: I uh, Yeah, I think it might be that. You can identify with them so they have more pieces of you in them, so they all start to sound yep. like you. I kind of all, You and know, it's different. kind
3: of like you wonder yeah. if there's a vanishing point where, like, you have Ginny and Hermione and Serena and Umbridge are all converging, and at that point is me, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, I, I don't know. I just think this is one of those moments where... I kind of I wish there was more to the story so that we could see there the storyline. That's one of the problems
3: because it's so close to the end, or mm-hmm. rather the end of what we have. We have currently. You don't wonder if this isn't going to have reverberance that we just can't understand yet because we haven't read anymore. Yeah, yeah.
1: but it's the, the thing about the story is that it's so good that when we encounter things like this. I want to make this very clear because I feel like we've been very critical this episode and I'm putting on my Huggles hat. <laughs> the story is so good that the things that are not so good, not even necessarily bad, but not so good. are but
3: really there are things out. that stick out, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of easier for me to criticize things that I like because if I don't like something, then I just look at it with the blanket. I don't like it. I'm not even going to think about it. I'm not going to volunteer to guest host for that series of episodes, you know. I won't even touch it. So I do like this fic. You know what I do like
6: is we were talking about the character of Melissa before and I didn't reread the rest of the fic, so she's a bit fuzzy, but I liked the scene where Harry gets hit with the in the Quidditch and he get his broom gets hit with that spell and he falls. And it's really funny because, well, at first it's funny that the Dementors are on the pitch and all the students are stampeding out of the thing. And I thought it was a really yeah. well-written credit match and all that. The students are all stampeding out. And she's a prefect. Melissa is a prefect in Slytherin. And so she rescues this first-year girl and hangs her up by the robes on a wall <laughs> sconce. Mm. (laughs) At least she's out of the way.
4: (laughs) there, now, good.
6: (laughs) And then she notices that the spell that hits Harry comes from her, so she goes to find out, and I think that's really brave and courageous of her, and she can't find it. But then it was really moving how she gets trampled and everything and she falls and the imagery of someone stepping on her hands and and all that. So I thought that was really well written. And it was just like you move from this really funny thing to this really sad thing where she's been injured and then, you know, and I really liked that bit, so I did like it. Yeah, because
3: I was thinking it yeah, is sounded like we say, oh, this this wrong and this wrong." But I liked that. Like, that I addition. remember as I was reading it, it was one of the it's well written death because the worst written deaths are the ones that you see coming. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. this one, it's like you can see it coming, but I didn't think she died. She
6: didn't. I die. thought that she. No, no, she, she Molly, did, but I didn't think she ridiculous. died as I read that scene. I, I realized that she oh, did later oh, because okay, she find okay, okay. that life so. Well, yeah,
3: my point is, even though it's a bit fuzzy in my mind, because this evening I didn't get a chance to get that far in my re-skimming of the story, it's yeah. not really a predictable death. It's just one of those deals where it's almost like it's fading to black because you kind of see it coming and then you realize it happened, but I mean, the point you're it's not kind of sure...
1: Like a- it had the same impact, I think, in this story that Cedric Diggory's death had oh. on the canon because yeah. it, it kind of instantly weighs the whole series down.
3: Yeah, now,
6: That
1: was when most of us put on our serious
6: pants and we're like, all
1: right, you know, oh, this is going boy. to get... Up to
6: then as well, it's the same dynamic. Up to then, you're like... The Triwizard Tournament had been hard and everything, but Harry had come through the maze, he'd been everything, he and Cedric had gone for the cup, and Harry was going to win it. And then all of a sudden, you transport it somewhere else, and then Cedric's dead within a matter of and sentences, the, and you're like, The
3: Whoa. Cedric death was so sudden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Indeed, and I felt the same yeah. like with it, this. It was so sudden and brutal. I mean, kill the
6: spare. pointless. I
5: mean, yeah, kill the spare. Yeah.
3: And that's how this one was.
6: They're stampeding. She hangs this kid up, which is hilarious. And she's going through. She's on Harry's side. She's going to look for who shot the spell, and you feel for her because she can't work it out. And then the next thing she's trampled on. It's like, well, where did that come from? You know, it's, it's the same impact, I think.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you so kind of you end know, up doing a double take, don't you?
3: Yeah, I think um, it's, it's one of those. I thought with Dobby, you know, like that was how Dobby was for me because it's like you think oh. everything's okay because Melissa saved the kid and Dobby saved Harry, but then you realize that Dobby's got a knife sticking out of his chest.
6: Yeah, yeah. yeah. The That's thing about
1: the story so moments. far is that there hasn't really necessarily been, in the first couple of books in the canon, there's a sense of buoyancy of no matter what happens, Harry's always going to rise to the front he's always going to save the day and nobody can get hurt as long as they're with Harry. That's mm. that you don't. I mean, consciously you try to tell yourself differently, but subconsciously you feel that way until you get to the death of Cedric Diggory, and then you're like, oh, okay, my whole concept of this world is completely shifted on its end. And I think that we don't necessarily have that buoyancy in the beginning of this series just because based on the world that Veridian sets it in, but there that's is kind of this sense that we haven't gotten to the really.
3: I think Carrie was expecting it too. I mean, I think Carrie was expecting the first three years to be easy and to not have deaths Mm -hmm. or real threats. And Mm -hmm. by changing things so much that he's getting into completely new territory, I feel like he didn't expect until now that something this big and completely new might happen.
6: This early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, And I think that there was a sense in the fic uh, that it was a bit lighter because Remus and Sirius had both come back into his life. He'd really settled in with the Weasleys. Him and Ginny were getting along. He'd unburdened himself. He'd gotten off his chest that he was from the future and everything like that. And so well, there was a real lightning up saved, of yeah. it. He got rid of Draco. Snape was gone. And Slughorn. Remove we'll we'll talk about Slughorn. Snape, yeah. he, <laughs> Slughorn's obviously on his side. And when he comes up and says that thing, at first I thought he was serious and I was like, hang on, that doesn't sound like Slughorn. And then he's like, oh, that's what they think I'm doing. And so there was actually a fairly, at the start of this bit that I started reading, it was a fairly buoyant sort of mood. Harry was like, everything's going well with, with most of these things. He's got rid of a, a few of his enemies. They're out of the picture and, you know, and then bam. And just so when you it think is-
5: safe and comfortable, you get this.
6: And Harry himself is left wondering, what does that mean? She didn't die in the last time. And, that, I mean, there's a mystery left hanging at we know where we are. like Who, did who did killed it, yeah. her and why? You know, we sort of had a fairly good idea of what it's connected to. But you know what? Why and how and who? and mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, where and how and who. And, and it kind of makes you start to contemplate the movie The Butterfly Effect. Like,
5: oh, that one is mine and I own it. Yeah, I watched. Yeah,
1: well, it Yeah, Why am I not surprised, Itai? It poses kind of existential questions that you just love. Yep, what does me- the death of that one person mean ultimately to the entire universe? Yeah. It not only has it obviously turned things on its head, I think that it'll probably start to change subtle things as well uh, because everything is connected. You know, yeah. I have full faith in Veridia. He's a great author, and I'm sure he comprehends this. But I, if we don't get anything less than the butterfly effect at this point, in terms of w- would weakness be a disappointment. And, yeah, would be a disappointment. Yes. <laughs> and you
5: know, again, I, we're only saying this because we love it so much. I mean, I wanted to say earlier, if I didn't really like this story, I wouldn't care enough to say anything mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. I mean, the fact that I'm even here on the podcast and I have opinions on it to me just indicates how powerful a story it is. Mm-hmm. You know, because Agreed. there have been other stories that we've read in the past, uh, you know. Yeah, it's nice, but I can take it or leave it. But this one, almost from day one, I, I got caught up in it, and it's because it's good. It's yeah, it is very it's, good. It's that yeah. good.
1: The hardest part about the thick being abandoned right where it is right now is that so many threads are left dangling. He didn't necessarily stop in the best place to stop the fic <laughs> I don't think we don't know who killed. Mal- I mean, we have a fair idea. We don't know
5: why. Which is why we just have to storm Viridian. Dumbledore
1: and Harry are in, in an extremely irritating spot in their relationship for me. <laughs> yeah. Are you sorry? Dumbledore Wait. and Harry. I. Oh. This is the one thing, <laughs> so- if I could have one bone to pick with Viridian, it would be the relationship between Harry and Dumbledore. <laughs> because just once, and I appeal to the wider fanfiction community... Just once, I would like to read an alternate universe fan fiction where Dumbledore is not evil.
3: Yes, <laughs> like, well, not evil. Oh, so, so would I, please. Ways, send them my way. And Amelia oh. will
5: thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the relationship between Harry and the adults is something that has occupied me a lot as I was reading the fic, because... And again, because of the CP, because of my condition, I never really had a typical childhood. And what I can specifically remember feeling, even as a very, very young kid, was that people were making decisions for me and manipulating me, and I wished that I could self-advocate. I wished that I had the guts to open my mouth and that somebody would, would finally just be forced to listen. And I know that it's been a huge issue throughout these episodes that we've done. Harry doesn't sound like an 11-year-old, doesn't sound like a 12-year-old. I sort of, you know, putting myself back in that space, I felt empowered through Harry in the sense that, God, finally somebody somewhere, in, even if it is in literature and in the quote imaginary world, Somebody finally got a chance to do what I wish I could have done as a kid and been heard. So Mm -hmm. I, when I see this relationship of Harry and Dumbledore, I have maybe not absolutely no problem with it, but my immediate reaction is stick it to him, you know, all the better. (laughs) Because it's what I wish I could have done, and it's what I wish I was articulate enough to do as a kid and had the courage to do, that I didn't have the courage to do until I was far older. Yeah. You know? Because his world has been, you know, if we think of Harry's world in the canon, it's been so manipulated by everyone and everything that, of course, he'd want to strangle everybody. Even if it is for the greater good, quote unquote.
1: Well, I mean that's I mean that's part of the reality of being a child. Whether you have CP, which you had, Eti, or if you happen to be labeled gifted, which I was, that also means that you're going to be manipulated. Or you happen to be an athlete, or or whatever abilities and talents you have, the adults in your life, huh? Sorry, I
6: was just gonna say, my mom forced me to wear ugly glasses.
1: Well, there. I mean, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's part of being a kid. But you um, have to submit
6: to all this stuff. Right,
1: there's a reason that we don't, there's a reason that most children don't self-advocate at 11. Because at 11, no matter how intelligent you are, you don't even develop the physical capability in your brain to be able to discern cause and effect effectively until your late teens, early twenties. If you're a man, God help you, because it's even later than that. But,
6: (laughs) well, like, (laughs) it's a a physiological fact.
5: No, I like, don't. You
6: don't realize I don't. what effect it's going to have. I mean, I can only speak from my own experience, but I would go around and I'm like, oh, I want those pretty glasses. And the fact was my glasses were too thick. They wouldn't have fitted the frames, the, the shape too. of some of them wouldn't have suited it and stuff. And it's not till I've become an adult and I had to make that decision for myself. That I realised why my mum picked all the ugly ones because she well she said later there wasn't much choice there's more choice now and technology's better they're not as thick but as a child you don't realise all the extenuating things that can happen and the things that are tied to it right. and things like that and also as a child like, I know I have a friend who had a lot of leg operations when she was in primary school and you know about twelve and stuff. And she was consulted a little bit on them, but basically her parents were doing what they thought was best for her because she had limited movement in her legs and these operations were to free up the movement and stuff. And she didn't necessarily want to, but they did the best they could. I understand
5: the necessity of it, and I'm not saying that children at that age should or can self-advocate. I'm saying that looking back on it, it just, as an adult, it feels good to have somebody in somebody's imagination somewhere at some time be able to stick it to the man where I couldn't or where children yeah. can't. I don't know if that makes any sense. I'm not saying that the universe should get turned on its head. I'm just saying it feels good to read it.
6: <laughs> well, yeah, it's just, it, yeah. We can kind of sit here as adults and, like, if I had an 11-year-old, there's <laughs> no way I'd let them make certain decisions. But it's good to because you think back to when you are a kid and go, I wish that I could have done this and to... Is it sort of like vicarious? Like yeah, You can say, yeah. that character's doing that, what I always wished I could do, even though you may still be sitting and there it's, thinking it's logically. It's cathartic
5: out. in that way, yeah. Yeah, because yeah.
6: yeah. you know it couldn't have happened and it still yeah. can't happen because your normal run-of-the-mill 11-year-old doesn't have the abilities and the knowledge to do that, no matter how gifted they are or whatever. But it so, still feels so, darn yeah, good like to read. Yeah. You know, that, yeah, I get that, what you
5: mean. That was my only point.
1: Yeah, I understand that. And I'm sure it feels good to write. I think it just seems at some points, well, we've talked this to death. (laughs) We've talked Harry, the manipulator and that side of the story to death. I mean, there's really not much more we can say. And we never get tired of talking about it. And I'm sure people get tired of listening to it because it is such a multifaceted argument, you know. You can come, Ryan, E. Taika, and P.S. and I can sit here, and we can talk for four or five hours. We can have all very good points to say, and we can still come away with not necessarily changing our mind, but, you know, thousands of ways of looking at the story, and
5: they'd all be right. And that's why it's so
1: good. That's what makes it good, especially for a podcast setting, because it's so... She makes... He, sorry. (laughs) Sorry, may sound intelligent. He... Make some decisions that allow you to think a little bit more than your average fan fiction about yeah. ethics and morals and yeah. child rearing and <laughs> attachment <laughs> disorders and fun stuff. you know this is the stuff yeah. that I like to talk about in context to literature absolutely. because it discuss-
5: absolutely yeah, and that's the stuff that draws me to literature too is all these ethical and moral questions and the what if questions and the butterfly effect i mean that's what that's
1: what i that's of, what I find more oh, it's to just a story. I mean, that's why it's nice to say, oh, well, I've dealt with this moral question. I can push it aside because it's in the context of the story, whereas... Sometimes, you know, when we're forced to read things for our development and psychology classes that aren't stories, then those questions oh, do oh become God.
4: So They yeah. become
1: headaches, you know? Uh-huh. And uh, the question of can a child self-advocate at 11 or 12 is something that I, we for ask the ourselves. Record, I
5: don't think they can. But it,
1: no, I don't think they can either. I In don't separate. think
5: they can. And just to be clear, I'm not saying that they can or that they should. I'm just but saying that the 11-year-old. experience is cathartic mm-hmm. as a 30-year-old to see that happening.
6: <laughs> what eleven year old doesn't want to advocate for themselves? Right. I mean they, they want to. They try really hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: It's
3: just oh, my um it's, like
1: my it's cousin such... is eleven. Good story. My cousin's eleven. He well was eleven when this was going on, and he wanted a cell phone. And oh, he boy. came to me because I live in the same town as him and my sister and I are kind of the cool cousins. We sweep in and we take him to movies and You spoil really, you know, him. We spoil them because we don't have to live with them. And um, so he <laughs> called me and he said, Katie, and I said, hello. And he's like, you need my parents that I need a cell phone. And I said, what? <laughs> he's like, oh, I need a cell phone. And I was like, you're 11. What do you need a cell phone for?
5: Yeah.
1: Well, everybody else has one. Okay. If everyone else jumped off the bridge, and
5: anyway, everyone else jumped off the bridge. Would you? He
1: was not happy with me because cousin Katie did not think that it would be a good idea for Benjamin to have a cell phone.
4: Cousin <laughs> Katie was friend. no longer cool for that.
3: <laughs> I, yeah. didn't get, I didn't get a cell phone until I went to college. I didn't get a cell phone until I had a car. At six, I was twenty-four.
6: At I was 23. <laughs> okay,
1: but you guys grew up without cell phones, so. Uh,
6: you're talking about how old I am. <laughs> oh,
3: please don't do that. I
1: would mention that, but what does a dinosaur look like?
6: I want, it, I want to know.
3: From uh, I will have you know
6: that there were mobile My ex-husband had a car phone. Thank you very much. It was attached in his car
4: Yes, I and remember it was one those. of
6: the first mobile phones that I ever saw. Not a true mobile because it was attached to the car. It <laughs> was a car, car phone,
5: yeah.
6: And, then, and I remember we started going out. And we were living in different cities and I was about to move to that city and we hooked up just before I moved, completely unrelated, it just was coincidence. And I came home and I remember saying to my parents, he's got a phone in his car. And everyone was like, Oh wow. And how, <laughs> how mobile is that? phones were around before I was twenty four. <laughs> I
5: that
6: didn't still... have a mobile phone for so long. Everyone else had one, not me. <laughs> The only reason I had
5: had one was because I went down to Washington for an internship.
1: We had a 10-pound car phone that came in that case.
4: Oh
5: yeah,
1: (laughs) You could carry it places, so it was really mobile, but it was as big as a briefcase, (laughs) and you'd plug it in. Yeah, because we would drive from North Carolina to Kansas a lot. So, yeah, we had one of those. But that's related to Harry Potter and the Nightmares of the Future's (laughs) past in ways that I can't think of.
6: (laughs) The cell phones don't even work at Hogwarts. No, they don't. They would have been just, what are we, 90? No, they were around then, the early 90s. It would have been possible. Not everybody My first
3: phone was in
6: 1997.
3: I think that's That's when my mom got her first one. I think I was in third grade or fourth grade.
6: It was so heavy. It had the most massive battery you've ever seen. (laughs) It was about... It was, I mean, it was probably I mean, the size of the house phones. It was a the
3: small, phone. Phone. Like, was a small phone. phone.
6: No, it was a very small phone. It was about as long as my palm, a bit shorter than my palm. And it was about an inch wide. But the battery was really heavy and the battery was probably about three inches long and half an inch thick and just weighed an absolute ton. And the phone I've got now is a little flip phone and the battery is about a third the width of a credit card and only twice as thick. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know, like this battery that I had on my first mobile was, and it was a small mobile too. It was a small phone. It was like a fantastic and new, and you could change the color of the faces on it and the push buttons, and you could pull off the blue one and put on a red one to surround the buttons. <laughs> I remember I had a, I had a brick phone <laughs> like that where you could change the I facing think- on it. Yeah, you could just change the face and that was really cool and funky and it had two lines of text. I could send SMSs and it was two lines of text and they were just like, you know, the little dot things. Do you know what I mean? In the little squares and the the little digital dots would make up the words and now I can take pictures and video on my phone.
5: (laughs) 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 Now now I feel like a dinosaur now i can talk to my phone and tell it who to call. i mean for me that's great because i have very little manual dexterity but my god how technology changes it's true. i talk to the phone and it talks back to me oh, okay <laughs> uh, brings up a whole host of ethical and moral questions but not for enter here your
1: passcode then press pound. Yeah, uh, <laughs> That's the chick on my phone. <laughs>
5: yeah.
3: I cannot, for the life of me figure out how to make the message when you call me, say something that actually isn't you have reached this number phone number, please leave a One. message,
1: yeah. You should call mine, and it's pretty funny.
5: <laughs> oh, cheese message is classic. <laughs> I love yeah. cheese message. My about- dad
1: cracks up every time. He tries to leave me a message, but he's laughing every time.
5: <laughs> Telling him about multiple personalities, and we're busy yeah. and can't talk to you. and it's All very of our funny.
1: personalities are busy with other clients.
5: <laughs> yeah.
3: But, uh,
1: yeah, okay, so we should get back to the nightmares. Yeah, we, we, should. we should.
3: We should get back to it. And yeah. should we move to another tick on the list?
1: We should move on to another tick on the list. Agreed.
3: All right, we so. did Neville. Oh, no, we all right, Neville. checklist. And Fred <laughs> and George, and Accio Dementor. So what we've got left is, isn't Voldemort going to be harder to kill if they can't? And also, somebody He's is a fantastic the teacher. Bones. Yeah. If they can't give Voldemort his body back... How are they he's going, going to be? Kill? harder to click because he's
1: ephemeral. He's not
3: he's general, yeah. like a spirit floating around and Harry's gonna Yeah, you know, expelling ne- <laughs> a spirit.
5: I never actually <laughs> thought about that, but you're right. How do you do that if, if yeah
3: You wonder?
1: Well one would assume that if he doesn't have a bottle body if he doesn't have a bottle whatever. If he doesn't have a body He's kind of like a walking Horcrux, maybe. Yeah. Like you See, would have I, to I, I think that it.
3: brings up a question about Horcruxes. It's like, do you believe that if you were to destroy all the Horcruxes and not touch Voldemort, would he die, or do you have to destroy all the Horcruxes and then kill the person?
5: The way I understand it is. You destroy the Horcruxes, and then there is a part of the soul that remains with the original, with the owner. Right. With the
3: Because otherwise, it's not a person. I mean, <laughs> right.
5: I, I don't think so,
6: you
3: have to destroy all the Horcruxes first, because when
6: first, Harry went yes. down to the yeah, forest, he left a message with Neville. He said, "If I don't come back, kill the snake." So I don't think you have to do the Horcruxes first. Oh. I think okay. it would be more effective. Yeah, But I think, that if, say if Harry had actually died then, say so he didn't come back to life, and he actually died, and then never went and lopped the head off the snake, then someone else could have killed Voldemort, mm-hmm. say Ron or Hermione, it would have been over, because mm. all the Horcruxes would have been gone, and he couldn't have come back, because, you know. I
3: kind of figure that if they destroyed all the Horcruxes, but they didn't kill him, he could have made another one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, he know, could have, uh, yeah, you'd have uh, Like, every time wait, they just, Neville, like, Neville could have lopped the head off the snake, and then Voldemort could have killed Neville and made this random
1: made they said that his soul was so unstable.
3: Okay. Was so, like, he
6: didn't even realize when he attached a bit to Harry, because it was really unstable. Right. And it was yeah. unstable so that I way, right? I think that would have destroyed him. Say he killed Neville and tried to create another Horcrux okay. out of that.
3: I think it would have destroyed Voldemort so
6: as well. So I guess well. there's a
3: point at which you make too many Horcruxes. Yeah, yeah,
5: there are only so many you can make before you, right. you well, end I mean, up disintegrating.
1: And it's key that it's seven, too, because seven's a very the symbolic number. Seven is num- a
5: key number, yeah. Symbolic mm-hmm. yeah, that's number that's he was
3: like, I mean, the whole time when he was asking about her practices in the memory, he's like, seven. What if you did seven? Because he doesn't skip from just one. He skips right to seven. Yeah. yeah. I
1: mean, in classic literature and in biblical text, seven's a very powerful. I seven mean, has always been powerful. Seven yeah. is a power number. You don't mess with six. Six is not a good number. Seven is a good number. So. Seven is a
5: good number. Sometimes even eight is a good number, too, because it's completion plus one. Mm hmm. Which so, also, yeah. But so, can is- someone
6: reiterate for me? Harry, in this timeline, in this Vic, Harry has found and destroyed some of the Horcruxes, is that correct?
5: Yeah. Sirius, Sirius is on the hunt.
3: Sirius is, is, Sirius on the hunt, is yeah. doing it. Okay, yep. I, think I couldn't they remember. Got them I read all Except Nagini and the sorting hat. So, they have them all. So, now. they think. I think they have them in their possession, but they haven't destroyed them.
6: Yeah, because the cup came out in this set of chapters.
3: They physically have the cup. They They physically have
5: all of them that they can have, you think? Yeah, that's what he remember.
3: I remember I read a part that was Harry thinking about how Nagini will be easy enough to kill, and something about that he knows where the hat is. So that implies to me that Sirius had gotten all of them. Now, when I say got, I think I mean he has them.
6: Physically
5: in his possession.
3: I don't think he destroyed them.
6: So, some of them are not easy to destroy.
5: Right. Not at so all. So what's
6: happened, effectively, for those of us who are a bit slow, Harry has the Horcruxes all in his possession, except for no. the snake. Sirius and it, Remus Sirius
5: has them. Yeah. Sirius yeah. and
3: Remus have yeah. them, which
6: is the right. same as
5: Harry.
3: Because if you'll
6: but
5: remember,
3: anyway. just reminding people that the hat is a Horcrux. That would be the in Dumbledore's office. Instead of the diadem. I'm assuming all the other Horcruxes are the same as in canon. Yeah. So they've
6: basically removed the Horcruxes from Voldemort's access, and they've gone to the so, graveyard yeah. and removed the bones of his father, so that he cannot do that ritual. Right. So what we are left with is an ephemeral Voldemort who's hanging out with his Horcrux snake. Yes.
5: <laughs> and basically, and Harry,
6: uh, Seamus, Sirius and Remus, whoever they are, those people that I can't say, <laughs> they've got all the Horcruxes. So I guess my question now is I'm trying to wrap my head around this. Without the bones of his father, is there a way that Voldemort will be able to use the snake Horcrux to gain a body? because
3: That's I don't have that. How literally do you read the spell? Do you remember the spell? Like, I haven't got it memorized, but the spell that Peter said while he was making the potion to bring Voldemort back to life, how mm-hmm. literally can you read... Well, see, it a says bone how of my literally father. literally can you read bone of my father unwillingly? It could be a grandfather. Any yeah. other ancestor. Does it have to be his actual biological father? Because
6: he it might says, choose to... It's, like it's, Marvolo.
3: It could be Marvolo.
5: It says father. Yeah. Now...
3: People always say fathers, and they just mean, like, we talk about the 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 founding fathers, you know? Right,
6: but this is is
5: specifically bone of the father. I mean, one, singular. Yeah.
6: Yeah, but a person has, in effect, more than one father right. when
3: you're talking like that. But
6: I guess, you're I guess talking ooh, his
3: actual Or if
5: father. you're saying,
3: like, I mean, I'm just saying, it's one of those deals where it's like there could be a loophole in her, where it could be talking to somebody and, else who's even and at some like, point even a symbolic sorry. father, like Salazar Slytherin. You know. And the other thing is that I don't know if
6: this is from a fanfic or if it's canon, but they're talking about why do you have to use the boy? His enemy doesn't have to be Harry.
3: Right, is so, well, I remember a lot
6: of people
1: having that discussion right after Goblet of Fire came out. Goblet of Fire, but
5: yeah.
3: He, well, he wanted to use Harry so he could negate, the,
1: so that he could touch it. And him. because Harry is Voldemort's public enemy number one. Yeah. You know, oh, it, yeah. his first mission he, was, yeah. I guess the problem with Voldemort as a villain is, one, he's not it's scary. But two, yeah, well, it's one, he's, he's not scary. Two
4: is one, that one track, he...
1: Yeah, he has a one-track mind. His mission isn't very clear. Apparently, in right. the first one, he was going to rid the world of all muggle-borns. In the second war, his efforts seemed to be more focused on Harry. I mean, yeah, he was evil and bad to Muggleborns and squibs, and we get to see that. But only in Book 7 is that really evident, as that is his goal. And um, where am I going with this? I had a beginning.
3: I think your point is just the enemy, even though he really wanted it to be Harry, oh, yeah. to make a symbolic point, it could be anybody. It could be so anybody. Been anyone who's who fought him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I think basically the point is, we said, can the potion still work because we don't have Tom Riddle Senior's bones? And I think maybe yes because you can subvert who the father is, and also you could subvert the enemy and the servant too, so you don't have to have yeah, Harry right. and Peter. I think he could still do it. They could still make that potion. He could I mean, still it-
6: grab Harry.
1: Or there may be more than one way to skin a cat. Voldemort might come up with a different way to gain
4: a body. I mean,
1: Harry's trying to do the best that he can to make allowances for things that he knows is going to happen. But as a reader, sometimes I wonder if maybe he should just let events happen that he kind of can
3: anticipate happening. and If Voldemort has a one-track mind, surely Harry does too by doing this, by assuming that you can stop Voldemort from gaining a body by stopping one portion of a spell. Mm It was done it's exactly kind of like the same way in Harry's world, and he's going to assume that the right. same is going to happen.
1: I it's mean, like it, the it, little Dutch boy with his finger in the dam. You it know? goes
5: back. Like, it, that's going to help. It goes back, I think, to what I said earlier. Voldemort's resurrection is an event that you cannot escape; otherwise, it's not Harry Potter's story. So, I think that sort of lends support to what you're saying, P.S. In the sense that, yeah, it has to happen. There will be a way for him to resurrect. Just because we don't have that yet, we're kind of pawing at the floor. You have to
1: applaud Harry, though, for trying to nip things in the bud. Yeah, It's
5: it's good
3: thinking if you don't know. I mean, Harry is not sitting here on a podcast picking his life apart.
5: Yeah. That's true.
3: I think you can't exactly blame him for not thinking of it. Right. right, because right. you don't think of these things in your everyday life. I'm sure. I mean, Absolutely well, you mean, I mean
5: you don't temporal, spend every day. Temporal day mechanics like is not something I'm constantly aware of. <laughs> in my, yeah. in you don't, my you life don't
3: even trip. think like we won't take 95 because last time it was
5: crowded. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You take 95 anyway. Yeah. Agreed. I mean,
1: we can pick the plot apart because we have the luxury of time and distance. Yeah,
5: <laughs> yeah. Harry doesn't. Harry doesn't. I mean, he does, but he doesn't. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm wondering if the reason that Viridian has stopped is cuz he's written himself into a hole or if he stopped because Deathly Hollows messed him up or I mean I'm curious I don't to know, know why he stopped.
3: When was the last chapter posted? Parts Middle of 2007, I think.
1: So, uh,
3: so he has he's not posted anything since DH. I don't
1: believe so. Let me go look though. I was just wondering when was it updated?
3: Parts
5: I'm going to cheat.
1: <laughs> I'm a horrible cheater. Updated, yeah, May seventh, two thousand seven. Okay, so
5: it's coming up on a year. Yeah,
3: yeah. I just think I mean I'm not criticizing him, but just saying it's fairly possible because I mean I've had new canon kill ideas before, and yeah. not the, I mean it's understandable. And even if that's not, is it, that then-
6: the date on? Where did you get that date from? Sink into your eyes. So as I okay, because there's actually a date discrepancy on sink into your eyes that. It doesn't register. One of the stories that was being affected was this one. It didn't register the update date. I think it was actually last updated in November.
3: Oh, yes. You're oh. right. I've got fanfiction.net open. It says updated, and they only tell you the date that the last chapter was posted, and that was November the 22nd.
5: Really? Okay.
3: I'm so sorry. I'm an idiot. And if you look eyes, at the reviews on Sinking to Your Eyes,
6: there's some in November from that last chapter. And I recall, because what happens is the Dumbledore Silver Trinket Awards, there was this big discussion
3: about them. and the, and the thing I recall I was, that it had been updated since we picked it.
6: Yeah, because what happens is I was going, you can't vote for them in a month that it hasn't been updated. These bunch of stories haven't been updated this month. And what was actually happening so, is it's not anyway, coming up Because I was going to say,
3: I sort of swore I saw something that seemed like it had been influenced by DH when I was reading it. But, yeah. yeah. So
6: it, There so was something, Hermione's bag of tricks on the Horcrux hunt. Yeah, is. Is. Yes. yeah, because yeah, he's yeah, yeah,
5: yeah, 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 He, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was
3: pretty purposefully vague about what went on in the stuff that isn't, I think, the stuff in his story that DH doesn't necessarily negate he's using. Yeah. You know, like, obviously, everyone at Hogwarts didn't die, but he's using things like Hermione's bag of tricks and other stuff that went on.
5: Yeah, there was that one instance where he did... I don't remember exactly where, but I do remember it being there.
3: I think there was a reference, at least in an author's note, to Snape's true allegiances. Because I know he was pretty... The author's on the other side, yeah. ...story, but... He escalated things with
6: Draco and Snape a lot faster than he needed to. That's because he never knew that Snape was working for Dumbledore, and Voldemort discovered Snape's treachery and killed them both for it. I'd actually left it open to go either way before Deathly Hallows was released. So I think that he'd left it open. Now he
3: can go and and now he said know. Voldemort discovered
6: Snape's treachery and killed them. So Snape is still good in this right because that's thing. what
3: happened in the old future, right?
5: Yeah, the old that was future. the author's
3: note. To the I I, can never, I think I call it something different every time I talk about it.
5: Yeah, no, it's yeah. okay. The stuff is supposed to be confusing as all get out. So
3: I think yeah. we're supposed to call it the future's past. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the title of the story. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So we go to the opening of chapter thirty-five. Kind of skim. I have such a hard time with newspaper <sighs> articles written in fan fiction. It's just one of those things that I'm yeah, highly incapable of to, reading.
3: Yeah, it's hard to be able to write. Like, like I am not going to attempt it because I know I couldn't write a newspaper article to save my life. Like, yeah, no, 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 no. yeah, that's a, a,
5: that's, a, a d- that's a completely different writing. style of writing. I and mean, that
3: isn't, isn't sucky. But if I wrote a newspaper article in a story, it would sound like. A story, because that's what yeah. I write. I, oh, yeah. I don't
5: journalism think is rubbish. not fiction, and <laughs> fiction is not journalism. And, yeah.
3: Sometimes they
6: can be used quite effectively, but one at a time and short. The problem that I have with Chapter 35 is there's like one, two, three, three of them there, and they're uh. boring <laughs> for me. I'm just like, they don't mm. talk about the characters, this first one is talking about um, – it's the same thing I did the first time I read Half-Blood Prince. I glossed over the first chapter because I was like, who cares about the Muggle Prime Minister? This so is it not back. the people that I'm reading about. I've appreciated it since and gone back and read it, but I, I skimmed was, that see, as like, well. When I
3: was reading it, I had gotten them all on the release date. So I was like clinging to each word. But part of me is like, what is this? Yeah, see, I clung to the first – significant? But it's like then part oh. of me is like – it's more Harry Potter, so it's got to be wonderful. Yeah,
6: but these ones here are just about what's happening in the ministry and serious black sightings and the statements by the ministry, and Rita Skeeter annoys me, so, you know, they <laughs> the, <laughs> the donate the service of their elite ward masters to Hogwarts School, and I'm like, Ugh. Okay, the <laughs> thing about Rita
1: Skeeter is <laughs> I, I just, even if he gets her on his side early in the beginning, I have such a disdain for paparazzi yeah. journalism uh-huh. that I think I would rather be a prostitute than write for <laughs> for OK Magazine or, or People or something. Because
4: not synonymous?
1: That, yeah, I mean, it's not real journalism. It's butting your nose into people's business and private lives. And I think that's, right. I'm not really sure if that's just an American thing, or, or I'm sure a race disgusted by it. But.
6: I just so no, it's I not can't. just an American thing. I the just, British I are the cannot. best at it. <laughs> oh,
1: I yeah. cannot well, look
5: at what happened to Diana. And,
1: yeah, look at Diana. Yeah, she, I mean, it, what's interesting is take a brief political sidetrack. We'll come back. Is that they're introducing legislation now in the United States to restrict. What paparazzi can do, which you know, people are crying, ah, oh, freedom of the press, and I'm like, I think that people have a right to be able to get to their cars without dying. <laughs> like, One if you're so, a Celebrity, yeah. y- you have basic human rights. You know, you ought to be able to go to the bathroom without us taking your picture. That's kind of what I think.
6: So, I, some, I just got like um, who was her? it? I think it was Brittany Britney Spears once, and uh-huh. it was on the news, and she was driving along, and she had to drive at a walking pace because mm-hmm. there was that many people with cameras around her car and someone else was driving and she actually got out of the car and got in and drove and just drove off or something. I can't remember the full thing but it was just this picture of these people all around her car and I'm like, why? You get one picture, you've got a picture. Were they waiting for her to like pick her nose or something? Yeah. So they have a fantastic picture. You're like, well, why? You know? Yeah, I just –
1: No wonder she's a complete nutcase.
6: Like,
3: hello. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
6: Yeah.
1: Anyway. So I just can't bring myself to, like, read Skeeter. I just, I can't.
3: Even it's one of those characters that even though you aren't supposed to like them, I still don't want to read about her. Even though I know I'm not supposed to like her. And I don't like her. But I don't like her so much to the point that, I really hate to read about her. Like There are characters that I hate, like, say, Umbre, but I love to hate her so much that I enjoy reading about her because it's so much fun to hate her in a story, but I just can't read about Rita Skeeter.
1: Mm. I would have to say Rita Skeeter and uh, Peter Pettigrew. Peter Pettigrew is so distasteful to me.
5: Peter makes my skin Uh, fall.
6: I actually found Rita quite fun to write, though. Rita's fun to write. She's fun to write. But you've got to do it in small doses, otherwise I think you lose Amazing. your audience. Because the interview that she did with Harry as well, it just seemed to drag on for me. I was sort of like, mm-hmm. make it a paragraph yeah. or three, not half a chapter. You know, yeah, like it just I was just like I
3: wanted to know, get to two, the other end other of it. Stories I've read and I kind of gloss over it because like my eyes glaze over and my tongue yeah, so it's got to be short. I don't want to read it anymore. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, like my beta reader, The Daily Profit Reporting wrote a series of stories that are all newspaper articles. And that's kind of an interesting format. But then again, he writes for a newspaper. I
3: mean, so yeah, I'm, when I mean, he it's writes not like a newspaper all article, bad.
1: Just... Yeah. Well, like when he writes a newspaper article, it's a newspaper article. But there's like passive tense and <laughs> stuff that they just don't do in newspaper articles in yeah, this in yeah. these articles and I'm like, "All right, scroll." <laughs> Scroll down, but I think the other thing that
6: helps as well the last time I wrote a newspaper article, I think I've done it twice in my fic, maybe three times, I don't know. The last time I did it, I had Hermione reading it out to everybody, and every so often they would stop and the characters would interact. Because even, it is I I found it, even I found it boring to just have this article stuck there in the middle. So, you know, Hermione would read it out and she'd go, oh, that's just, oh, no, that's not right or something. She'd make you some comment know. about it and they'd all, you know, muck around. and then they'd go well, back I mean, and they'd, it, they'd, The only yeah. one I,
3: read, sorry, I haven't even put it up yet is like it would be like a police blotter. Yeah. Like it sends, or, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, here's my point. It's an interesting way to try and do exposition without using the exposition hammer. Because <laughs> it knows what that is. <laughs> the exposition <laughs> hammer of obviousness. My betas yeah. all know what that is. My beta ease. <laughs> But sometimes it doesn't quite work. Sometimes it backfires on you because people will scroll through that just as fast as they're going to scroll through paragraphs of obviousness. <laughs> it's like, yeah, and I already knew that, blah, 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 blah. The thing of it is that the whole art- I understand his artistic choice to do that, but I think that those three articles could have been summed up in three sentences and I would have been just as happy.
6: Yeah. yeah.
5: If it's any indication, I don't even remember the articles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh- I mean, that's, we have how much more of, interaction that's how much of the effect stuff. it had on me. So. We have more interaction
1: with Harry and his Green God Scoplins. Harry, yeah. the future Donald Trump,
4: and his <laughs> Green God Scoplins. Yeah. He's yeah, going to have think
6: that- over. <laughs> I think it's old. I think that they've got to be part of the story if you're going to include newspaper articles. Someone has to have picked them up and is reading them. We need to know their response to them. Oh that's absolute rubbish or yeah I really agree with that yeah. or you know because in canon that's always how it happens like Harry picked up the newspaper and read about the break in at Gringotts and he's like hey Ron look at this I was there this is blah 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 in Goblet of Fire, Hermione sees it and you can see the look of disgust and the, the reaction that Mrs. Weasley mm. has to the accusations or whatever that's flying around. And I think yeah. they're really integrated as part of it and, and we have to know how the people react. Otherwise they're There's meaningless little, if, if the characters being don't being, react to The things
1: in Deathly Hallows with Alpheus Dodge or Doge. But so that was, was telling
6: was. a story. That, well, that was I telling a story.
1: Although, honestly, I skimmed through that the first time. I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> I was
6: skimming through it. Yeah. And then I, I got to the end and I was like – I did I, I did, did skim through, through some that. of it, yes. I had to go back and reread because it seemed to be really important. And then in the next couple of pages, and I'm like, oh, I better go back and read that because I know what they're talking about.
5: <laughs> See, the, the wonderful thing about listening to it in audio book, if you're really listening, is that you don't – The skimming is not possible. And yeah. so I've now listened to Deathly Hallows and Please Don't Kill Me Out There but I must have done it straight through only twice I'm about to for another series reread pretty soon but I pretty much when I listen to the books I listen to the you know skimming is not an option that's, and I I can, I That's can,
3: actually good in a way cuz you
5: do Yeah I kind of like that and I enjoyed listening to Jim Dale anyway
1: I really Tell do want to listen to the books on audiobook. I, I mean, I haven't done it yet, but I've always enjoyed that experience. I have a Nora Roberts book on. haha. <laughs> Everybody's going to start laughing at me. You're an old lady. I have a Nora Roberts book <laughs> on audiobook that I love. I really do want to listen to the books cause I think I will.
5: Well, you know, gee, when first, we.
1: Every time I read them, I pick up something different, so.
5: Gee, when we actually get to see each other, I have all seven, so. One
1: day my prince will come.
5: Yeah, oh. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. You get um, married
1: one of these days, and I'll come out and see you. That's my promise.
5: We've got, <laughs> we have this discussion on a daily basis, dear. That's
1: true. You all don't know it, but Itai is getting married so that I will come to California.
5: <laughs> uh huh.
1: Lisa and Itai know this. Yes, we've made it's our peace with me. this.
5: Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all
1: about me all the time.
5: Yeah, it's all about she and Ryan and Jen and the rest of the forum coming. And, yeah, <laughs> that's the only reason we're getting married. So there, it's yeah. out there. Well, I want to kind of close
1: the discussion and and Can go we final talk thoughts
3: about what a wonderful teacher Forest <laughs> <laughs> Slughorn is. Can we the at least he's... throw it out there because he is such a better teacher than Snape?
1: Well, he's not in the canon, too. He's a better teacher. I than know, Snape. I
3: know, I know, but it really. I don't know if this is just because I read this story more recently than I read the book because I just did because I read it tonight. But it just really it struck me far, far more reading mm-hmm. this, especially because he's really hit or miss for me in fanfiction because I think a lot of the times people don't really get him. They, they focus on They, read, like, on they yeah. make him a bagel or they really <laughs> want what? to mention a, a bagel. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Sorry. Or really one-dimensional, like, just focusing on one aspect of his personality. And I was kind of afraid it was going to go that way here from the very first interaction they have. But then we got to the class, and I felt really vindicated. And I'm just going to say thank you, Viridian, for riding a good horse.
1: Yay! I think P.S. and I are soul sisters. I think we were twins separated at birth. Because I often have the same thoughts about Ramus. Like, whenever I see (laughs) Ramus in a fic, I'm like, Yes! But then I have to kind of put on the brakes. and I'm like, Hold on. Because it could be a good Ramus, or it could be a bad Ramus. I
3: do that too. Like, I see the word Slughorn, and I'm like, Is he good? Or is he a bagel? (laughs) You know, I mean, that is seriously the main question on my mind when I see that he's in a story. Yeah. So I'm very glad that he's I'm really happy with this characterization.
1: Yeah, I liked it, and I was reading it, and I was thinking of you and chuckling and thinking you were going to enjoy the story as well.
5: Speaking of thanking Viridian, I just want to thank Viridian for finally writing a story that got me on this podcast after (laughs) how many weeks and months of being here, and it's been a real privilege, and I've had a wonderful time, and I look forward to many more like it. And please finish the story. (laughs) <laughs> please <laughs> please please finish the story because you've got a good thing going here and we need to hear the end of it. So. I've
6: got burning questions about Voldemort getting a body back. Yeah.
5: That too. I want to
6: yeah. know does it happen? Talking How does year, it happen? Like and I want to know what Harry does in 4th year because I kind of feel a little bit like 3rd year because he already knows where Sirius is, and so there's not that sort of mystery for 3rd year. And so I'm kind of like a bit more excited. I want him to get to 4th year
3: because and I want right. to find for out this year if it happens again. again. To see yeah, if the yeah. whole Umbridge business happens again. Uh, yeah.
5: Oh, yeah. And then what will happen with actually getting the prophecy, and now that we know that I'm the prophecy for, is out, you know. I'm ready
3: for four months Har- to get I- again.
6: I- Dang it.
5: <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll be fascinating.
6: Yeah. I think 30, Harry's 30 whole minds have kicked in.
5: <laughs> starting to, anyway.
1: Yeah, well, at 13, yeah, they're starting to, but Yeah. <laughs> We haven't reached full development of those yet. So. Oh, no,
5: no. That's going to take several years.
1: <laughs> but I am ready for more. Anytime yeah. Verdián's ready to give us more, I will be Yes, here.
5: please, and thank you.
1: <laughs> Hopefully, we at Part of it we can kind of guilt him into completing the fic. If anybody can do it, it's our 300 Spartans.
4: Yeah, That's what I'm going With to call stakes. them. <laughs> 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 uh,
1: <laughs> they are- I was on the forum today, and I was reading through messages, and Mac was online, so I was following him around, making sure I didn't need to pop his ego, because that's my job. And (laughs) there was this conversation going on and discussed the podcast about how Ryan and I affectionately talk about our 300 members being able to take care of the 10,000 listeners of MuggleCast and PotterCast in terms of being obsessed. And Andrei is all, <laughs> did, you, did you hear that? <laughs> We're Spartans. And then, of course, uh-huh. it being PFW, they get into a discussion about women's rights <laughs> in ancient Greece. And, and, yeah, it was quite an interesting conversation.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I like how they get in this debate, and my comment is, Madness, this is Puffwa. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
5: so true. And I just want to say that just because I don't tend to exist on the forums, doesn't mean that I don't exist. I mean, I'm here and would love to talk to any and all of you. And talking so. for me is easier than typing. So I'm always happy to meet more of you.
1: hmm. Itai has CP, so the typing and the, that sort of thing is hard for him. But he's very friendly, aren't you, Itai? I can he doesn't be. Bite most of the time. He can be. <laughs> Only when I'm asked. <laughs> this is true. Okay. So any other final thoughts on Mr. Future's past,
3: guys? Nope, all my notes are gone. I have a blank screen staring at me because I was deleting notes as we talked about the points.
5: Wow. Where I just had the
3: whole expedited
6: thing, but I think we covered that with the Neville is Harry, Harry is Neville. You know? I don't think yeah. Harry would say expedited anymore the Neville would say legal guardian.
3: And we looked up mannequin in the
6: dictionary. <laughs> we did. It's okay for Dobby to be a mannequin. I wouldn't personally use that word but he is a mannequin. <laughs> because Dobby isn't in a department store modeling clothes. <laughs> well, I didn't know that definition existed for it. For everybody who doesn't know, a mannequin, M-A-N-I-K-I-N, is like a, a small person.
5: Yeah, that's, like well, that's, definition. that's just the second. As, as in a dwarf?
6: Yeah, sort of. I think that's what it said. Is that Aussie English or is that...
3: The first definition is mannequin like in the mall and the second one is a little dwarf or pygmy.
6: It's not Aussie English. A little person around here is called something little. I don't know.
3: What would we call that?
6: Something rude probably. (laughs) Australians
3: all (laughs) swear words. words. Angry (laughs) letters from the Australians if we we did not get from Cast. Yeah, how many, how, how, how many groups did we manage to
6: offend today? There's only something like three Australians or four Australians on Puffwa, so, you know. It's oh, you no. and who else? Brian and... Brian, uh, Eric, and Caitlin. Okay.
1: Yeah, and Caitlin is Brian's daughter, yes? Or am I crazy? Yes, yeah, so I think
6: so. So, like, Hufflepuff needs one. They need an Australian when we They really complete one. your
3: house to make, make it a- eaten.
6: Yeah, I mean, everyone deserves it's an Australian. Even.
3: You need, you Hello, need Aust- a token Hello, Australian <laughs> listener out there. You need to come join the forums, get to <laughs> sort you into Hufflepuff, and then my OCD will rest. <laughs>
5: yes. What house but, are you in, Kizza? I'm Ravenclaw. Oh, are you? Okay. Yeah, Yeah,
1: she's one of my mindless minions.
5: Ah, uh, <laughs> I see. When I, I say sorry. jump,
1: she says, go screw yourself, Chi. <laughs>
6: <laughs> anyway, I use more polite language than that. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's go and jump off language. the Sydney Harbour Bridge, Chee. <laughs> Please, <laughs> in my broadest Australian accent
3: from Australia, yeah,
5: where no, I'm that's, from. A, that's a place I'd really like to visit, a Sydney, and you know, especially I used after to live the, in
3: Sydney. I'd like to visit Australia stuff. now that I have grown up and learned that the real animal Tasmanian devil is not the same as Looney Tune. They're
6: actually uh, really small. Tasmanian devils are smaller than wombats. They're about, you know, the Toto dog on Wizard of Oz. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They're smaller a, than Toto. A Tasmanian they're smaller
3: devil. than the Yorkshire Terrier? I, said, I take that easy. Pardon? I said I could take that.
6: Yeah, you can totally take a Tasmanian devil.
5: So they're smaller than a Yorkshire Terrier is what you're telling me.
6: Yeah, they're pretty small. You could probably get some big ones, but you know they're pretty small. Huh, okay. So,
3: like a woodchuck, I don't
5: know what a How woodchuck wood is.
1: How much would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck so could
5: wood? Could chuck wood? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I was thinking but the same thing. As much wood
1: a woodchuck could chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood. Yeah, I practiced for a long time in the fifth grade to get me able to say that.
5: Toy
3: boat, so, say toy boat five times fast. Toy boat, mm-hmm. you have to say
1: it five times fast.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I can't even. I can't even say it five times fast.
5: Toy boat, One time. Okay, there, toy, boat yeah. toy
1: boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, sea. See? <laughs>
5: no, toy boat?
4: <laughs>
1: I start sounding
6: like I'm from Boston. Yeah. Toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. Right? Valiant
3: try. Toy
6: boat, She sells seashells by the seashore.
3: <laughs> sea <laughs> shells, she... <laughs> she, she. Peter has a pick to pick a pickle pick pick to Peter. a Peppers. Uh, pick a pickled pe- a
5: pepper's ticket. Alright, alright. Alright, guys, here's <laughs> one that actually.
1: peppers did Peter Piper pick? Here's, yes, one that that that-
4: that-
5: here's one that actually translates from German. <laughs> what? When flies fly after flies, flies fly after flies. Yeah. So you
2: so German.
5: Flieger, 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 Flieger. Flieger, Flieger, When fliegen um, hinter fliegen, 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 nach.
3: Flieger, 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 Flieger. Yeah,
5: basically.
3: <laughs> okay, I, I think this is then and, and we should all say goodnight,
1: right, everybody? Yeah. It's high, I'm oh. so glad you could come and visit with us and you'd get to discuss instead of yelling at the podcast. So that that's was, that,
5: that was really fun. I hope I wasn't too bad.
1: No, I I really don't no.
5: <laughs> you weren't.
1: You <laughs> okay. <laughs>
4: Ready? <laughs> <laughs> Good night, guys. Good night. Good night. <laughs> oh. Bye. Well, just be glad the fourth track was broke that day because you grabbed a guitar and I heard you say that the top of the pops better get ready for the new hit single.
5: And now, a word from our peons.
0: Hey, Kesha, can you, like, sing a traditional Australian kids' preschool song? I think Mike's insane. But there must be, like, some little rhyme that, like, every little Australian kid knows, and they go around singing. Um. Well, there's so many American ones, do an Australian one.
6: Peanut sat on the railway track. His heart was all aflutter. Train came rolling down the track. Toot, toot, peanut butter. because <laughs> do you know Old MacDonald? Old MacDonald had a farm, e-i-e-i-o, yo
3: and on that farm he
6: had a kangaroo,
3: e-i-e-i-o. <laughs>
6: No, seriously, they do sheep and pigs and cows and stuff.
3: See, that's everywhere. I probably know a lot of folk songs from being a Girl Scout. How many roads must a man walk down?
0: The one you were just singing is a Bob Dylan song.
3: Oh, is it Bob Dylan? Oh, my. I've never heard that. <laughs> I thought it was like a legitimate old song. <laughs>
6: toot, a chugga, a big red car. Driving near and you travel far. Toot, toot. Chug-a-chug-a, big red car. we're gonna ride the whole day long. I don't know
0: what that is. That's the Wiggles. I know what I want, Keza. To sing, sing Captain Planet, Keza. Okay.
6: London Bridge is falling down, falling down, falling down. London Bridge
3: is falling down, my fair lady. Jen, were you a Girl Scout? Um, only till second grade. I thought it was lame. Late last night, while we were all in bed. Mrs. O'Leary put a lantern in the shed, and when the cow kicked it over, she blinked her eyes and said, "It's be a hot time in the old town tonight."
2: We must have learned different songs. You know the one song that I can remember from Girl Scouts? Oh, I wish I was a little bar of soap, bar of soap. Oh, I wish I was a little bar of soap, bar of soap. I go slidey, slidey, slidey over everybody's hidey. Oh, I wish I were a little bar of soap.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that one vaguely.
2: Girl Scout camp girl scout camp oh i don't want to go to
6: girl scout camp gee mom i want to go home <laughs> <laughs> yankee doodle went to town riding on a pony Stuck <laughs> a feather in
3: his ankle. i can't even stick at macaroni <laughs> what does it even mean i don't know like is that is that a historical person like no
6: he's a figure he's a metaphorical figure yankee doodle like for the yankee people who live
3: like in the yankee part but did they even have macaroni back then? No, probably not.
0: you focused on the wrong part of the song, P.S.
3: That's the part that always confused me when I was a child, though. You know, I mean, like he stuck a feather in his hat. I want to know why his doodles, Yankee.
0: Actually, the songs is actually, uh, if I remember correctly, the British actually sang it. And they did it to make fun of us during the Revolutionary War.
2: I think so, too. Yeah. Oh.
0: Who's laughing now? That's what I want to say to them, Mike. What do you think?
2: <laughs> ducky you're the one you make bad time lots of fun rapper ducky i'm awfully fond of you every day when i make my way to the tubby i find a little fella that's cute and yellow and chubby rubbed up
3: dubby <laughs> I've been working on the railroad all the live long day. Someone's in the kitchen with Dinah. Someone's in the kitchen I know. Someone's in the kitchen with Dinah. Strumming on the old banjo.
0: I want someone to sing Captain Planet before we go. Then I'll be satisfied.
3: I don't think I remember it. I don't know that one. I don't know Captain Planet.
0: How could you people not know Captain Planet? I do. I know that whole song. Richard's will sing it. He knows it. Sing it, Richard.
3: Richard's gonna sing it.
0: Yeah, right. No, Richard's gonna provide lyrics.
3: This Philcloth. Collins? Seriously, Phil Collins?
0: Go sing it, P.S.
3: I already sung enough stupid songs. I'm not doing Captain Planet's part.
0: I'm not doing Earth. Fire. Wind. Wind. (laughs) Water. Heart. No, I didn't. (laughs) I would eat Fire. Richard would be heart, I think, <laughs> and Keza would be earth.
2: No, we're not doing Captain no, he Planet. Won't. What would I be?
3: We should do the. I, How I about always that?
0: wanted. Cook I fire.
3: always cool. wanted to be wind because I thought Linka was so cool.
0: Richard, I thought wanted, it wanted to heart. be a Power <laughs> Ranger, but that's not.
3: Okay,
6: <laughs> this is what I think of this line of commentary at the moment. <laughs> Hi, and welcome back to cast I'm Keza. I'm Gen 2.
3: Mike. I'm P.S. Richard
6: 1. We're doing bluff today. It's Harry Ginny fluff.
0: Yay! Yayness. Uh,
6: mm. Gen 2 is <sighs> dancing. Let me
0: just make sure I got a small garbage pile before we start talking it's, about
6: this. It's called Open at the Close, and it's by DQ Bunny. I don't know about everyone else. I was sort of left with this great gaping hole, and it sort of filled it in a little bit. Well, I had a
3: great gaping hole, but it was a different kind. A
0: sluggish one?
6: Yeah, I think everyone's got a different hole, but, you know, left in their
3: heart. <laughs> The <laughs> At the end, <laughs> <laughs> shut up! Well, that are <laughs> rude people. <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, y- your your hole was wondering different things than hey, mine. Nobody's <laughs> hole was
2: really <laughs> as bad as mine. My dog died on the day that DH released. Nine. My person. best friend died on that day. So not. <laughs> I so only about about. was I reading. You know, like the end of Hedwig died. I must have bawled for an hour. Oh, don't say that. Doggy. Not Hedwig Hedwig.
3: I don't think I'll ever get <laughs> we're over. What's talking about? That's Fred died. <laughs> it's just like a bloodbath.
0: Like I felt bad for George, well, kind of all alone now. <laughs> like they were always a pair through the first seven books. It's his brother's girlfriend.
3: Oh yeah, that's so healthy.
0: You never saw Fred without George or George without Fred. They always did everything together. It's kind of like half of him died. And this has everything to do with open at the close. But
2: what you, what I didn't get to was I was going to segue into saying that I was so depressed that I did the same yeah. thing that Kessa did. I went and read this fluffiness and it made me very happy yay because there I was so sad you know that my Samson dog went and left me and then I read this everything was okay so it gave me that sense that everyone was acting like Molly couldn't hear them talking about sex and we all know that she could (laughs) (laughs) oh totally it was just just like it made everything better again for the 15 minutes it took me to read it and since then I have read it about 20 times that's the purpose of
6: fluff make you feel better
3: you know what I think is Kind of funny. It's like fluff more than any other sort of fic. It's kind of very, very centered on the ship. I mean, like, like I can admit that there are some Harry Ginny fics that I like, even though I really yeah. don't like that ship. But fluffs and also probably like really intense angst. Those two are kind of like a party for the shippers.
0: Yeah. And but do you think you can have fluff can without come? a ship? Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Fluff needs to be built around a relationship, but it doesn't have to be a romantic one. Like I think I've read friendship sort of fluff where it's kind of just the trio yeah. being kind of funny. And go like is that, that, that really fluff, fluff though? Romantic? I would think it's yeah. romantic actually. Yeah.
3: I mean, otherwise, I think
6: yeah. it why would is the question is what makes Jen. a romance
0: fluff rather than anything else? Like, what is it, yeah. it that makes something fluff?
6: What makes it fluff instead yeah. of romance? Like, what like sure it to the I'm asking you. what makes yeah.
0: something?
3: I think romance has gotten more of a plot. Like, romance is how Harry and Ginny like yeah. built their relationship and fell in love. But fluff is just like they're already together, and then here's a small moment in their relationship that's yeah. very sweet. I think so too
6: because. Um, yeah, fluff you, is
3: something just, you read when you don't want to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I mean, like, romance has got a plot.
0: Like, why can't you have something without plot that's just fun that doesn't involve a relationship?
3: Because usually then it becomes then?
0: comedy at that point, <laughs> I You I can think. have, like, friendship yeah. of kind fluff. of thing going?
6: Most people would then think it was Slash. Really? <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> wow. And I only know one of us here that would enjoy that. What
6: if
3: it would so. be as a girl and a boy were friends? Like it was a Harry
6: Hermione moment. Well, then all the Harmony Shippers would think that they was Turned something Turn it into
3: there. Harmony Fluff. Where? Way. Oh, of course. But drama is like... Drama is when Ginny throws oh, a drama. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I that's mean, ace. drama is like... Drama is when intense stuff happens. As soon as you got
6: fluff that's not shippy, does it become comedy? Yeah, well, this is fluff it's also because comedy. it's a romance. I mean,
3: just cracks me up every time. Yeah. It is comedy fluff. That is what it says right there in small letters. I don't, right get, the, I don't get why letters. fluff
0: has to be romance. I think it probably commonly is, but I'm sure you could write a fluff that isn't. <laughs>
2: Come on, Hermione, what's a harmless wager among family and close friends? George sauntered over to Hermione. He draped his arm over her shoulder and she glowered at him. After all, Lee, George, and I have a bet about Jenny and Harry. If we win, <laughs> Jinjin jumps him. If we lose, Potter will gift her with pity sex to comfort her. <laughs> you made a bet about our sex life? Harry yelled as loud as he could while still trying to whisper. He tossed a nervous glance over his shoulder at Mr. and Mrs. Weasley, praying that they had suddenly developed a drastic <laughs> loss of hearing. I'm not <laughs> hearing this. I'm not hearing this. Ron clasped his hands to his ears and shook his head. My best mate is not sleeping Aww. with my sister. I love George. <laughs>
6: <laughs> and then I laughed the after it. sex. They laugh after it. They're, they're going, oh, tell me, Ron. You're not serious. And he's just like, bad <laughs> mental imagery. Bad, bad mental place. imagery. If G- Harry's had sex with Ginny, I'll have <laughs> to kill him. <laughs> I don't want to see any of his bits interacting with my sister. I've (laughs) seen him
2: naked. (laughs) Then George says. With a couple dozen of non Weasleys in the box, and the other fans within hearing range would love to know how endowed the chosen one is. Would you like
6: a snorch? (laughs) <laughs>
2: wow. and
6: then Harry's door is somewhere around his knees and his dignity flung somewhere in the English Channel <laughs> you can just see Harry sitting there and they're just taking the mickey out of him really really badly and he's just sort of sitting there going what do I do now you know I sometimes wonder is he ever <laughs> going to learn to give back as much as he has to take from like Jordan then is he ever going to learn to punch back with a few witty one-liners because to me Harry's always actually been very witty in the bits in Philosopher's Stone where he commiserates with the toilet with flushing Dudley's head down and he, he would be upset or something like that. I can't remember how it goes. I always find Harry witty and it would be really good if he could in a fit come back to the Weasley brothers. Sometimes I just
2: think the Weasleys are so quick, so out there that Harry's just completely
4: outdone <laughs>
2: sure, yeah. I mean, you've got witty and then you've just got Fred and George or George singularly and it's like you just have to pause amongst greatness. <laughs> it's like, why even compete? I
0: always got the impression in canon that George and Fred were kind of somewhat respectful to Harry and they don't really make him the butt of any of their joke. Or am I just forgetting key things.
5: Dude, what are you doing?
6: Make way, Eric Slytherin coming
0: true. through. You're right. Never mind. Before
2: the second task when they're making the wagers on <laughs> whether he's going to die. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a uh, far cry from the kind of thing they do to Percy, though. I mean, like the yeah, but Percy's a thing. The People in Australia actually use that yeah, term. Yeah,
6: I do. But I don't know if I use it because I've been reading too much Harry Potter or if it's because I've always used the term git. We're way <laughs> of course. I'm not going to let you risk your life pretending to be me. Well, none of us really fancy it, Harry, said Fred earnestly. Imagine if something went wrong and we were stuck as specky, scrawny gits forever. <laughs> but, you know, generally speaking, I mean, I think they're that, on his side. I think they do a pretty good job of working them over.
2: There's a
3: difference yeah. between jokes and tricks. I think. Yeah, I see, mean, they, play they don't a trick even, on Percy. George
6: is just, just paying Harry out. He's not playing a trick on him, he's just paying him out.
3: They have had Molly the entire time.
2: You know, threatening their lives for touching Harry.
0: it so. sounded wrong. Okay. I got someone on a fist like that one.
4: Time.
6: Well,
0: well, bad. 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 Richard. What a wank.
6: But anyway, as fluffy <laughs> as this is, <laughs> getting back to the point. <laughs> I like the bit at the end where Ginny comes in and she's looking for this old cigar box, and inside it is the snitch that Harry had when he went into the forest. And she put the other snitch in the box, and it's like a symbol because one marked the end of things, and this is like something new. So she's going to keep them together mm. I thought that was really cool I thought It interesting yeah, I did too, too, that too. She... So it was like oh sorry go on no you do <laughs> I was going
0: to change the subject slightly <laughs> though go. danger Will Robinson danger I find it was interesting that she was the Quidditch player and that she was the professional seeker
2: well not really because, because that's canon I was always
0: into the impression maybe you guys never got this impression from the book and I'm just reading too much into it she kind of wanted to be a seeker and she was always purposely sacrificing her wants to try to protect Harry
6: thinking it's not really your strong suit is it I don't think there was enough in canon for us to know which one she – Preferred, but the author's do not say there was that enough
3: of for
0: their relationship
3: to. The draw authors do not say that, that. <laughs> she put her as a seeker
6: because it works with the story. That works. Not too. necessarily because <laughs> she is a seeker, but because it works with the story. Not a stretch.
0: Yeah, but do you think she's a world class seeker, though? I don't
6: think it matters. It's a piece of. Love. <laughs> See, I, yeah, think she's a, I think she's going to be a chaser. I think she's actually going to be a chaser. But I liked the way that this was woven into the story to make this story. And I think that's the great thing about fanfic: you can make it, you can manipulate it to do the things that you you want to do. It doesn't have to be a right what is going to happen. The fic I'm writing at the moment is probably... Totally wouldn't happen, but that's the beauty of it. I can make them do what I like, <laughs> within reason. Yeah, within reason. Yeah, I mean, you want it to be believable. I mean, I read a story the other day where Molly got pregnant after the final battle and had triplets. So wow. you know that. <laughs> I don't think that's within reason myself. <laughs> it was dreadful.
0: Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. I read a story similar to that, but it was a uh, Harry was the father. But that's <laughs> hey, that's just another. What sort of things oh, you reading? Worse. Sure.
3: That's We even weren't worse. gonna bring that up. I'm just... Oh, I read one where Harry was the one happy. Baby.
0: oh my god oh, you no say pregnancy.
3: harry
0: as a baby that's enough how is that possible it's not oh, no, we... poor harry as a baby how is that even humanly possible are you being serious It's <laughs> not that's kind of the point because people write some really retarded stuff are you being serious pss let's make the man have the oh, baby no.
6: that's gonna be cool <laughs> have you ever watched junior with arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> no
0: i haven't Oh my That's god. How you do it. That movie is so horrible. Oh lord. <laughs> you can't do it without Danny DeVito.
3: I guess I shouldn't even say that George was the other. Oh, but, stop. But wait, it. How is that
0: possible? I think you made me read that fic, P.S.
3: <laughs> yes, I did make you that read was that so fic.
0: awful. I remember that now.
3: <laughs> Because you made me read that fic with, with, with.
0: Comatose Alice and Harry?
3: You've got to tell them that. That's worse. No. But... At what? least George and Harry we were both alive, alive. He was alive.
6: oh No. No.
3: No. <laughs> it brought no. her out of the coma. So, anyway,
6: Anyway, that was my pick <laughs> for fluff it's a feel-good harry ginny story for all the people who ship harry ginny and want to fill in the great gaping hole left by deathly hallows thank well, per- you i don't see you go i just closed off the episode because <laughs> i can't stand <laughs> this cadaver Wait, sex anymore
0: I right? How was that <laughs> possible <laughs> that harry gave birth to a kid yeah i don't get
4: this well before we answer that i think
0: we should address the more important question how dumb are you? He adopted the kid, or did he actually have kid? D-
3: Mike, do you want to read What's the that? story? Do you want to read the story, Mike?
0: No. It sounded like you were implying he <laughs> actually had the kid.
3: Harry was the pregnant one. How
0: is that possible? It's the
3: wizarding It's world. not, but magic. It's called magic. Yes, with magic.
0: Don't you need certain like organs to make that work? It's magic.
3: Magic. <sighs> magic. Oh, it's just like a bloodbath in here today. No, Mike. And prank is not mentioned in canon. I don't
6: magic. think it could happen,
0: magic or no magic. How do you make stuff float you in the air? How is that humanly possible? believe
6: it is magic. Nothing can, can stand, stand in, in our, our way. way. I to believe leaf. we are
2: magic. <laughs> la, 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 <laughs> That is so Xanadu.
4: Xanadu,
6: Xanadu.
4: I think we should address the more important questions. So,
6: I have a question. What is are we doing next? Willpower 3 by TreeTreece. Yes. I'm Keza. I'm PS. I'm Gen 2.
0: I'm Michael. And I'm Richard. And
6: we're Poundcast and we'll see you next week.
3: Bye.
6: Goodbye. Magic. Magic. <laughs> more Aussie songs. Is
3: Waltzing Matilda really Australian? Yes, it is. Huh. I thought it might be one of those things that wasn't. It was written
6: by. um oh, A real jolly swagman? Pretty sure it was Ben J. Patterson, and now I feel stupid because I don't know. Once a jolly swagman camped by a billabong under the shade of a cooler tree, and he sang as he watched and waited till his billy bowled. You come a waltzing, Matilda, with me. Waltzing, Matilda, waltzing, Matilda, you come a waltzing, Matilda, with me. And he sang as he watched and waited till his billy bowled. You come a waltzing, Matilda, with me. Exterminate.